This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. Hey, it's ODB, and we're getting ready to jump into this episode. We want to thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions. They have one flagship event every June in Biloxi, Mississippi. Check out Scrapin' the Coast. That's S-C-R-A-P-I-N, thecoast.com. Of course, their uh, 21st annual event is going to be June 24, 25, 26 in Biloxi. They also have Orange Beach Invasion which you can find more information at obishow.com. That's March 24, 25, 26, 20, in 2023. Arguably the best venue in the country, Orange Beach, Alabama. And lastly, they have Bayou Showdown the weekend before Thanksgiving every year in Slidell, Louisiana. Let's jump in. Enjoy this episode. Have you ever lasted 15 minutes, you think? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> absolutely not. Because you know those movies that you that you always talk about, do they use performance enhancements? You think those hammer? The hammer no, movies? there's no way that there's no way they do that. Okay, like there's a bo- no like a Barry Bonds deal or? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I yo 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 yo. It's OLP, and it's 2023. Thank you guys for coming back. Episode 322. That's a mouthful right there. 322 OLP 2023. But we got to make it Mike the Mayor, and I think he's going to be gallivanting over to Destination Daytona. Mike, we don't want to hear much about EBGD, but I did hear my uncle Willie, my my uncle Wildcard Willie, isn't coming by. So there is a slim chance that I'll still make a you know an appearance at EBGD. Well, hey, I just want you to know we would love to have you ODB because there's nothing like ODB and the Mayor taking on Dizzy. And uh, and big big sexual chocolate in the wrestling off. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. And stay tuned because we do have a wrestling question for Mike here in a few minutes. Oh, episode episode three twenty two. Many of you might be new to this podcast. Please subscribe or follow. It's free. Just know that Rob Maji, the legend, tip of the cap, dude. OG, been around a long time. He sat down with us, and this is our kickoff episode for episode for twenty twenty three. So that's we're going to get to that shortly. Uh, the episode overview brought to you by Hamburg Weekend Wear. If you want to buy a shirt or a hoodie or other merchandise that features real builds, you got to hit up Hamburg Weekend Wear. That's H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. Good people. Uh, hit them up. Again, they got the pre-sales, the pre-orders going down with the Notorious with the double S-S. No, no, no. What, Mike? Notorious. Notorious, notorious. We are notorious. So hit them up, good people. So Mike, uh, general updates, dude. Listen, EBGD, you guys have been building this momentum. Uh, EBGD, I think everybody knows it as that. I mean, I'm trying to get people to use the hashtag EBGD, Eastbound Get Down 2023. That's shorter than spelling out Eastbound Get Down, Mike. I mean, you got to think of these things. When you're throwing a show, I mean, I can't be typing all day on these hashtags, bro. Well, bro, that's what that's what you're for, bro. You come up with all these great ideas. You, ah. Scotty, the the 
yes, Scotty, you and Scotty, the discount body, y'all come up with all these awesome, awesome ideas. And, you know, I, I, what can I say? When I got you guys, when I got you guys, it's all good, brother. I, I don't need to think of anything. I love it. Thank you. If you're in or around the greater Orlando, the greater Daytona area, swing on by Ormond Beach, Destination Daytona. There's a Bucky's not too far away if you want to go do that. But come on, Mike, right? Float in the town like a social butterfly and get ready for Eastbound Get Down. Bring the jackets. It's going to be a little chilly. And we like that, Mike, because remember, we're Floridians. We're and we get sick of all this heat. So January is the perfect time for me to throw on my severed jacket and get out there and kind of do a little severed walk. You know what I mean? Hey, bro, get that pimp walk going because you know what, guys? It's going to be cold everywhere. But guess what? Even when it's cold in Florida, it's still going to be warmer here than it is going to be anywhere else. So get y'all's asses down to the Sunshine State and support, hey, support the first show of the season, Eastbound Get Down, January 13th. Hey, it's going to be Friday the 13th. Don't forget, we got the pre-party right there on site at Saints and Sinners Bar. We're going to be doing Cornhole, which is sponsored by <clears throat> showdown in the valley and then we're also going to do the life-size um uh, beer pong out there as well dj Mays is going to be on stage so make sure you guys come by saints and centers there you're going to be able to register on friday save your club spots get vendors set up underneath the pavilion parking uh it's a, it's going to go down you can come by pick up your armbands come by pick up your window stickers make it easier for you when you guys come in on saturday uh to get into the show so uh Definitely hope to see you guys this weekend in Ormond Beach. It's going to be fun, Mike. The general updates brought to you by our family at Lone Star Throwdown. Visit LoneStarThrowdown.com. There's going to be a lot more information that we'll be talking about this next month or so. But we're T-minus 44 days, and we're going to be in Conroe, Texas, third week in February, the 24th, 25th, 26th, technically the last weekend in February. Um, Hit us up. We'll be out there. Mike, I know you got a roll in a minute. I am going to call Riggedy Rubin to check in with him for uh, to see how things are going as we got sideways into 2023. But I just got to ask you, dude, I got one question. Are you ready? Now it's time to get serious. I'm always ready, homie. Let's do it. Dude, so check this out, man. You, you know I'm a Goonies fan. I'm going to throw you uh, – it's probably going to not be a softball for you, man. The listeners know – I want to know, you have to, I want to see if you can name, okay? You probably don't even remember this video, I'll be honest. The Cindy okay. Lauper, the Goonies are, just with the letter R, are good enough music video. That was a song, of course, by the American singer Cindy Lauper, old school. It was released as a single in 85 and is from the soundtrack, The Goonies, right? It's our fifth top 10 single ever. All you got to do is name two wrestlers. That were in the video. Now, the video featured a lot of wrestlers. That's what they are, right? Is it called wrestling? Wrestling. Wrestling, that's right. And guess what? The Friday night at the pre-party, it's going to be me, ODB, taking on those punks, Sexual Chocolate, and Dizzy Don Davis in a wrestling match at Eastbound Get Down. Friday night, pre-party, a wrestle-off. That's right. Yeah, and it's not what you guys are thinking. We're going to kind of... We're going to build this momentum, this hype. You know what I mean? Mike's been studying. I have. Dizzy and Glenn have no idea, right? So, we, Mike, we've got the upper hand because let's be honest. This is our home turf. You know what I'm saying? They're coming to our freaking – they're coming to our hood. 
Damn right they are, and they're going to find out. They're going to find out. Yeah, Mike's been studying. So, so Mike, I mean, you you got to think of okay. – you got to so just think we of got two. Hacksaw, we got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and we got Junkyard Dog mm. on my, and Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> Dude, close, man. You got Captain Lou Albano, Roddy Rod yes. Piper, uh, Wendy yep. Rector. And we got Iron Sheik. The Fabulous Moolah, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Freddie Blassie and Andre the Giant part two only. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. But that is, if you guys want a little piece of 80s nostalgia that you may not even have realized, go on the good old boob tube, boob tube or YouTube, boob tube. Uh, let, let's, I like boob tube better. So let's call it boob tube. Yeah, go out there and type in Cindy Lopper or Goonies Are Good Enough and watch that video. Dude, a DJ Mays. I know that he would have known that answer because Mays, if you follow him on Twitch, he's doing all those different sets. Mike, he knows his stuff and he knows his wrestlers. You know what I mean? I, and we're Absolutely. not gonna, we're not going to let Glenn and, and Dizzy tag team him in either. You know what I'm saying? No, no, there is no. This is not a six man tag team match. This is just us against them, brother. Yeah, and let's be clear: when you came off the top ropes that time. On yep. to Project Banana Hammock. B- Biz and oh, Rizama his hammock. Those are, those are bad memories. That bro. that was technically borderline ladder deal, right? Because I heard you were you were coming off the, the roof like a Bill's Mafia deal. Bro, I was on a 10-foot ladder, the very top, slipped off that first step, Dude. and boom, onto the ha- Banana Hammock. And there was, a, there was a rumor that some of your crowd control for Banana Hammock that's coming out soon – that is banana, real banana peel. So, like, you had slipped on one of those, and it basically was like a cartoon deal almost. If we would have just had a ring camera set up somewhere. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't really like the camera deal because, you know, I don't know if ODB is going to, like, get into my camera and, you know, like, <laughs> watch me while I'm, you know, no, doing, doing stuff. That shit, dude. So that's that's why I've never got down with the ring camera. That's That's straight up, that's the truth. Well, as we get ready to call Riggedy Rubin and hang up on Mike in a second, we want to say the trivia is brought to you by Accuair, A-C-C-U-Air.com. That's Accuair.com. Plug and play the best, easiest in air management. If you want to upgrade your system this year, hit up Accuair.com or hit up one of their vendors nationwide like Switch Suspension. A lot of good vendors out there. Uh, hit them up, Accuair.com. And Mike, they are, my understanding, they didn't pull out yet. You know of of EBGD or how do you pronounce it? I mean, they are sponsors. Uh, they are our main stage sponsor. That is correct. Main stage sponsor, co-title sponsors. Uh, yes, they are. And they can go to Accuware.com. now. Accuware, Mike, you've got it on Banana Hammock, my understanding, and you've also got the upgrade to the VT, which is the valve tank. But you got those Viair compressors that are pumping it up. Pump, 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 pump it up. Pump, pump it up. That's right. And hey, you said Cindy Lauper earlier, and all I can think about is girls want a half on. Oh, girls. You know Joey right now on AZ, right? You know he's jamming to that. You know what I'm saying? He supposedly is the biggest Cindy Lauper fan you'll ever hear, ever oh, see. Dude, by far. By far. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, he said one time when Sinead O'Connor was big, he had a. He had a nose ring to the to the earring deal, like the necklace deal. Remember those? Oh, dude, I've had one. I mean, come yeah. on. I thought you had. Everybody's had one of those. Come I on. thought oh, one on each side, dude. I mean, many truckers mod their trucks. Why not mod their face? You know, dude, it's a, that's a given. I thought it was a given. 
Thought well, Jay, okay, hey, buddy. listen, I need, I need, I need to finish up getting ready for uh, Eastbound Get Down, and I uh, hope to see all you Airhead Nation out there. And uh, we will, uh, we'll see you this weekend, buddy. Biggity Mike the Mayor, thanks for playing. Have a safe trip. We'll see you in a couple days, possibly. See you. Sounds about. good. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can make it, buddy. <laughs> Peace out, dog. All right, so now that we hung up on Mike, short segment there. We're keeping things fresh in 2023. We got Riggedy Ruben on, and Ruben, we're going to have Rob Maggi on this episode in just a few minutes. I know the listeners, we're picking up a lot of folks, I'm sure, that want to hear. They haven't heard from Rob in a while because, you know, he's doing his own thing now. But how the hell are you in happy 2023? Hey, happy new year to everyone, and, and I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. I know I did. Uh, best Christmas in a long time for myself and my family. And, um, man, Rob Mahi, um, I know you've been working on that for a while, and, and you finally nailed it down, and I know you guys are going to love that. I mean, Rob's a really, really nice guy, and, you know, has done a lot for our scene, and and I know I know he's got some stories that he told, and probably some he didn't, but, you know, who knows? Maybe you have him back on. I would love to, man. You guys are just going to love the episode. We're going to get to the audio with Rob in a minute. But, dude, I know you were over there at CNS Metalworks, and I got to thank you, and I got to thank big, the big homie, Chris. Um, Chris had ordered a universal air tank when I needed it, and I tell you what, I've told people before, you, you know, Ruben, it goes down in the DM. If they just DM Chris at CNS Metalworks, if they need AccuAir, if they need universal air products or other stuff, dude, Chris is kind of like, you know, the plug. You know, everybody's got a sneaker plug or like the other plug for the other stuff that we don't talk about. But Chris is kind of the air suspension plug in my mind, dude. Chris is a man, man. Whatever you guys need, or, you know, anything, you know, parts related or, or you know, you want information or want to kick some ideas, you know, give them a holler. The best way to get hold of them is on Instagram, on Messenger, on Instagram. So you know, like like Jay just said, you know, it goes down in DM. So you know, hit them up. CS-MetalWorks.com or CS Metalworks on Instagram. So want to get that out of the way. But Ruben, one thing I wanted to ask you. You know, I'm always doing ODB live and uncuts, and I've transitioned them if people haven't noticed, kind of to the more positive stuff. You know saying, hey, get out there, live life a little bit, you know, follow your dreams. But, dude, I'm going to put you on the spot. I mean, as we transition into this new year, we're all getting a little older. You and I talk all the time about it. But is there any advice that you would give someone just as we get as we get sideways into 2023? I mean, what's your focus this year, doggy? I mean, any good words of wisdom from the, the quadruple OG Ruben Artiaga? Oh, man. I Well, geez. <laughs> Put me on the spot, Jay. <laughs> I don't want you. You know what? If there's something about yourself, whether it's you know personal, you know whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with, you know whatever you're struggling with, make those changes. You're the only one that can make those changes. Nobody else can do it for yourself. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job situation, whether whatever. I mean, you know. No one else is going to fix that for you. Get up and change it yourself. Um, I've I've had my own struggles, and you know I've I've made some changes in my personal life, and you know what I'm I'm really happy with the direction that my life is taking right now. I'm very thankful for that. And dude, just get off your ass and make those changes. No one else is going to make them for you. And um, 
don't look back. I mean, there's a reason why when when you're driving your truck, that windshield is four feet across and that rear view mirror is only eight inches across. So you no need to be looking back. Dude, words of wisdom. I, I knew you were going to drop a gem, you know, but I didn't know it was going to be that good. And, and, and I appreciate that. I've tried to think, you know, I can't get mad when things happen if I didn't prepare hard enough, right? So I'm I'm constantly, like, when I'm on the road now, like, knock on wood this weekend, it's like, hey, don't get pissed if I'm on the side of the road and I got no spare. You know, try to try to plan ahead. And, and, and Ruben, you know this. You can't plan for everything. But if you plan ahead, typically things will work out a little bit better. But to hear that things are going well, I really love hearing good stuff. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Jay. No doubt. The ODB Live and I Cut, sponsored by Ruben this week, is brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. Hit up Joey Dilworth at Get Decked on Instagram VA, Get Decked VA. If you want to put your artwork or a photo on a skate deck, Joey can do it. It's a great gift, and it's even awesome, more awesome for the show promoters that want to up their game with their merchandise. But, dude, I tell you what, man, the scene has been really on the rise, dude, and... Uh, there's one thing that I just, dude, I cannot believe. Um, uh, Tom Jenkins, dude, he keeps he keeps picking up old school stuff. I think he's getting some uh, wisdom from Fester, but uh, he picked up an old mini truck called Asphalt Surfer, that Crew Cab Long Bed, I believe it is Crew Cab Long Bed S10. And you know, Ruben, dude, the minis, the Crew Cabs are on the rise, and it's cool. I remember when the Crew Cabs first came out. Now this one has the longer rear doors; it's heavily modified. But it's hard to beat a crew cab mini, isn't it? It sure is. And I, I know the truck you're talking about, and uh, there's a lot of work on that thing. And, you know, it, it's amazing that, that a lot of this stuff is still around. A lot of this stuff has survived. And, you know, it, it's great to see that there's there's guys like that. There's individuals that are taking it and, you know, um, not changing it, you know, keeping it, you know, keeping it the way that the builders had them and, um, you know, taking them out showing them off yeah i know it's it is kind of crazy how a few guys even we'll talk about it soon hopefully with the title guest but my buddy matt we're talking about a truck that he built in the late 90s you know and it popped up and i was like man where the hell would it pop up and i go was it facebook he goes yeah it was on facebook and the guy down here bobby bought it and he brought it by and i checked it i'm like wow man it, i mean facebook love or hate it it, it really has connected uh, the world more more so than MySpace could have. You know what I'm saying? Hank, I think, is still on MySpace though, Ruben. If you can believe He's it, probably him and Tom are probably the only ones. Yeah, exactly. Tom still got the thumbs up, doesn't he? He sure does. Yep, yep. The other thing that I wanted to mention um, from a scene update, you know, kind of keeping this one a little bit light. Uh, this week was it's a new year, so don't forget to renew your subscriptions. And speaking of that, we can't get a subscription for uh, custom trucks over in Japan, but uh, Jessica Roach had posted way overdue to see this truck in print. The moment John Barefoot saw the truck and brought me brought it to me, I knew I had to make it happen. I wasn't backing down. Uh, she kind of goes on to say, Brian Conrad, I'm proud to have been able to shoot it. Uh, so Jessica Roach, uh, pretty cool stuff. And there's that S10 in there, uh, clean, so clean with a K, 2000 S10. Ruben, it's it's so cool to think that we've been doing this a long time, but mini trucks, right, in the mini trucking world, being worldwide and seeing how hard all the guys and the ladies in Japan go. But, oh, by the way, don't forget, 
Jazzy Green from Australia winning the 2022 OLP Truck of the Year. It just goes to show you how big the scene is just really freaking hitting on all cylinders, man. Yeah, you know, to see, you know, something that grew out here and, you know, that's that's gone worldwide, you know, and and how, you know, how strong it is in, in other countries, you know, it that's, it's just amazing to me. I mean, this is something we were doing back in you know, the 80s and 90s. And, you know, if again, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that someone would have told me here we are, you know, 30 some odd years later and it still has this momentum. And, and, you know, not only from, you know, the guys that were out there then, but this younger crowd, you know, I've been like, no way, never, never in a million years, especially all the, the negativity that we got back then from, from the elders, let's say, but, you know, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Yeah. And it's crazy to see like with Whittier, such still a big force and also, there's ordinances, and we haven't really gotten into it, but that are, that are starting to kind of go away finally with the whole low riding. You know, is low riding's on a crime, cruising's on a crime. The car culture, and I tell you, is, is bigger than it's ever been. But also, like some people, I know there was a lot of hate a year ago for the Super Bowl, right in February, with you know the guy standing on the Impalas and all that stuff, that kind of ruse that they did. But it just goes to show you, like, I mean, how many lowrider videos do you see now? All these guys, I mean, just the culture, Instagram, all the stuff is really bringing a lot of people together. And I got to tip a cap to Mini Truck Era. You know, that magazine, right. you know, those guys at, at SEMA, dude, they went hard. And then you talked to one of the big homies that you've known a long time. Right. Uh, yeah, Israel. And I, I still keep in touch with them. And We got to uh, get them on. You know, yep. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I have actually talked to him about him. We just got to link up and yep. make that happen. And he's yep. down. Um, but you know, like the mini truck era guys, I mean, they, uh, they've done a really good job to, um, you know, to kind of, you know, bring back that side of mini trucking, you know, back into the limelight, let's say. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's so like here on the West coast, there's like so many different facets of it, you know, that you had, you know, not only our portion of the scene, but you know, you had that side of the scene and, um, you know, anywhere you look, you know, um, there's, you know, anywhere you look, especially here on the West Coast, you know, whether it's it's our scene or that scene, I mean, you go on social media and there's always, you know, whether it's cruising the boulevard or, or at a show or something, you see, you see all facets of it. Yeah, and Long Beach Lloyd, you know, going hard in the paint. Like, every time I look, like, boom, he's networking. I mean, he was with Tommy Lee and freaking Snoop Dogg and... It just it's crazy. Then even to, um, the um, Espanol, is that, am I saying it right? You know the old lowrider guys, right? Um, right. You know th those guys, like you know they're. Th I mean the whole culture stuff with tattoos and the photography and Mr. Cartoon and that stuff is huge. I mean Mr. Cartoon had the the Pepsi commercial, I think it was, with the Super Bowl last year. So you're starting to see people that you know we always talk about in the hip hop world. They say give these guys their flowers while they're here. Right. And it's, right. it's, it's very unfortunate. You know, this Ruben that like when we lose someone like Ken block, dude, we, Mike and I hadn't even got a chance to even talk about like, okay, I don't know everything about Ken. We all knew that this guy was like a superstar and the DC shoes and all that stuff. But like, think about how much love he's got in this tragic event. I mean, just horrible dude. It gives me goosebumps. Right. But it's like, right. like it, let's celebrate. Like I don't. This is not a negative thing at all. But I'm just saying, like if there, if you got people you look up to, or there's people that have inspired you, 
fucking tell them now, dude. Like, call them. Tell them on the weekends when you're hanging out. Be like, yo, dude. Like, bro, you helped me get here or whatever. I mean that with all due respect because, like, like Ken, dude, like, I told my buddy Marlon the other day, that transcended so many genres of automotive stuff, you know, and it it just was so impactful to our whole industry, man. Right, and I mean, not only not only the automotive field, but I mean, he grew up in Long Beach, came from um, motorcycle from, I believe, you know, motocross, you know, type stuff, and I, I believe skateboarding and yes. stuff like that, that whole world. I mean, so he crossed a lot of different, you know, a lot of different paths where he got to where he was, where he was at. And I mean, he was my age, he was 54, 55 years old and still, you know, very relevant in what he was doing. And, you know, a lot of people looked up to him. I last year, uh, Jacob and I went to his, um, his shop in Dominguez Hills, right outside of Long Beach. And we really? went to a, a toy drive. Yeah. And, you know, the amount of people that were there just for his, for his Christmas toy drive. And, and we got to tour the shop and, you know, just the operation that he had. And a lot of that was, I think a lot of his own personal stuff that where they would build stuff. And, um, you know, and, and then the stuff at SEMA, you know, the, his whole whole little section outside that, yeah, that they would have at that SEMA. That grew into, like, massive proportions. Right, right. And and even this year, you know, even with, with um, you know, they still had everything outside, you know, in the little corner and stuff and doing all their drifting stuff and whatnot. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that came to a shock to me, you know, hearing that. And, you know, it's, I'm still kind of in a shock over it. I am too, and I told my buddy Marlon when I was talking the other day, like, I didn't mean this with any disrespect. Like, I was like, look, I, I I, couldn't tell you the most about Ken Block. I knew his name. I knew what he stood for. I knew Hoonigan, that the whole brand and all that. But I think it's also important. It reminds me that, like, even even though that whole thing, like the drifting and that whole, you know, hooning around and, and all the stuff that he does, even though it's not something I know inside and out, it's still there's a respect, right? Because it, it, it's the over it's it's under the umbrella of of this automotive world, and like you said, the transcend from skateboarding and these these shoes and do all the stuff. It, it's really something like in the hip hop world they talk about the culture, right? Uh, and you don't want to be like a culture vulture. He can embraced so much stuff. He brought people together, like you said. He helped to raise money uh, on their website. It says it's our deepest regrets that we can confirm that we that we can confirm. That Ken Block has passed away in a recent snow in a snowmobile accident. Ken was a visionary, a pioneer, and an icon, and most importantly, a father and husband. So rest in peace, Ken. But yeah, Ruben, it's um, you know like Nas said on his first album, "Any day can be your last," and that's something I've really thought about a lot lately. Just waking up, going, you know, I'm thankful for another day. As basic as that may sound, but just having that mindset it allows for me to go. I need to I need to conquer the day. You know, I need to I need to make sure I'm 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 taking care of these relationships, right? I need to make sure that I'm not always telling my family, "Hey, you know what? I just got one more interview to do." You know, and it's like making that time and I think like everybody's got to, you know, just it, the the best word I can use is balance. So Right. No, I I and I I get that and and I uh, there there's a lot of things that I like, you know, it's like, "You know what? I got this that it's like not really I need to go do, but I have to go do, you know, yep. Yep. this other thing can wait, but this is, this, this is more important. You know, and we have this, we have the saying here at the shop, family first. 
So it, it doesn't matter if we are on a deadline and we have a birthday to go to or, or some sort of school function or, you know, something with our kids or our significant others, you know, family first, you know, and you know, there's been plenty of times where either Chris or myself or one of the other guys will leave half day or whatever. And, you know, okay, we got family stuff to go to or, you know, whatever, yep. you know, and, and we, we do make that, we, we do make those, those, those choices. Yep. You, you have to, you, you have, have to. to. I want to give you a huge shout-out to Paul Davis. I know the Suburban is coming along. Thanks for the text the other day, too, homie. I really appreciate it. A good dude repping NC up in the Maryland area. Um, and then I also saw Danny Strain had posted, I'm really digging these wheels. Of course, RA with a sick standard cab S10 with the perfect graphics and just awesome old-school weld wheels, I believe. But... Um, you know, it's looking good. Those are a couple of the scene updates I wanted to cover this week. Uh, just a reminder, the scene updates are brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com. They do have free shipping options if you spend a certain amount. You can also pick them up at Lone Star Throwdown. Garagegearclothing.com for more. Ruben, I kind of think that's it. But before I let you go, because we're going to keep our segment a little shorter, we got a, a, a just a killer interview, as, as we talked about with Rob Maji coming up. But uh, any last parting words for all the listeners out there? Uh, not really. You know, I, I just want to wish everyone a, uh, a good uh, 2023. And um, I hope, you know, it, it, you have a, a better and happier and more prosperous year than last year was. You know, other than that, man, you know, I guess we out. Yeah, you got it. And the last thing I'll say is Martin Luther King Jr. Day is Monday. Some of you, federal holidays and stuff. He stood for many great things and uh, treating with people with respect and things like that. So you guys, if you're off, you know, just know, be good to your kinfolk out there and uh, stay on the rise, stay positive as we move into this new year. I know I'm going to be doing it. And Ruben, thanks again for all the words of wisdom, brother. Oh, thank you for having me again. And uh, we'll talk soon, bud. Tell Chris we're going to get sideways when we get out to Cali again. <laughs> Keep it legal. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Okay, as I said, we're keeping things fresh. And again, we're, you know, typically Mike and I, 30, 45 minutes, an hour intro. You kind of, you're going to see um, some good change this year. Just kind of keeping things fresh. Again, I know some of the long term listeners are going to go, yo, no, we want the two, the three, the four hour deals. But again, it's that balance, right? Uh, the show update. So here's the quick Reader's Digest Eastbound Get Down this weekend, the Aftermath Florida Bowling Tournament. That's coming up in February. Uh, you can find Aftermath uh, Florida on Instagram if you're looking for information. And because I follow all kinds of mini truck stuff, I'm just going to type in Aftermath underscore FL, and you'll see Dragon the Alley is February 4th. Also, we're going to be at Lone Star Throwdown again um, the last weekend in February in Conroe. Yes, it is sold out, but just know... You can still get a spectator band. Come in. It's an amazing event. If you're on the fence, fly out, drive out, gallivant on out. Conroe, Texas. Trust us. Instagram, Facebook, it's Lone Star Throwdown. Of course, uh, LoneStarThrowdown.com. And then Orange Beach Invasion. So I cannot stress enough how what, a, what an amazing venue this is. OBIShow.com. Uh, you can go out there and you can check out... Um, all the information you can register. Arguably the best venue in the country for a car truck show, primarily trucks. 
We will be out there. That is the 24th, 25th, 26th of March of 2023, of course. So in conjunction with Keg Media and our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions, General Emission 75, premium registration, which may be sold out, is 150 uh, Again, hard-pressed to find a better venue. Nighttime photo ops, just truly an amazing show. Orange Beach Invasion, obishow.com for more. And then the last two shows that I'm going to mention is one mini Nats. So mini truck and Nats on Instagram. Uh, you guys would have to be sleeping under a rock uh, not to know about the 29th annual event coming up the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Jason Bell and team are putting this on. They won our 2022 show of the year. Great people. Mini truck for more information. Again, registrations are sold out, but you can come through the spectator gate and again, cruising is not a crime, especially in Maggie Valley. Arguably the best aspect of the show is the cruising and the nighttime festivities. Sean Rose, David Magotti, Jason Bell, and all the different folks are going to come together to help raise a lot of funds. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But just know the place to be in April, late April, is going to be Maggie Valley. If you're not there... We might have to snatch your mini truck and pass. You know what I mean? Like your mini trucker pass. Like that says, yo, I'm a mini trucker. Dude, we might have to slap that out your hand. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, right? I mean, Hank has been known to do that from Hammered Weekend Wear. So just throwing that out there. And last but not least, we want to mention the Sparks show. This was our 2021 show of the year. And it is every August. So... The Spark Show, this show has continued to build momentum uh, the last few years, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can this year to actually make it up. As I mentioned, the last couple years I haven't been able to make it, but the underscore Sparks underscore show on Instagram, Sevierville, Tennessee, and that is August 11th and August 13th. So the reason why I'm mentioning that show now is we will be – doing our best to promote that from now until August. Again, that is in Sevierville on Old Knoxville Highway. Look it up. Many of you live in or around that Midwest area. This is literally a, a good middle ground for so many people. Even me, not too, too bad of a drive. I did it solo one year. Mike and I did it together another year. So just get out there. The Spark Show, great people. And uh, slap hands with them. Come on out, pre-register when it's open, and check them out on Facebook and Instagram, The Spark Show. The show updates are brought to you by minitruckfilm.com. Yes, that's a real website, minitruckfilm.com. Hit up and purchase a copy of the Blu-ray or DVD called The West Coast Influence. Radar put his own money up to produce this amazing, awesome mini truck film. Go to minitruckfilm.com for more. All right, the podcast updates so, really not much to share. We're going to just keep it fresh this year in 2023, and we appreciate all the support. If you can, please share this with the with the homies, the senoritas, the chicas, uh, the big homies. Let them know, hey, check this podcast out. We're getting a lot of love on YouTube. Check us out there. I got free videos I'm doing every single week, and that's part of the balance of doing this podcast bi-weekly and just keeping things fresh and keeping our guests heavy hitters as much as we can and balancing that with some of the new school guys. So 
there's going to be some uh, new school guys coming up here with some uh, audio, and there's going to be some old old school guys as well. Podcast updates brought to you by Graphics Mafia. If you need stickers or light design work for your business, uh, visit graphics with an X, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. They will take care of you, often free shipping, or they'll traffic those vinyl decals across state lines. If they're going to that show, they'll take care of you. I know Chad Luke, the big homie, used them a couple of years ago to take his truck to SEMA. So shout out to Chad Luke, shout out to Graphics Mafia, great people. All right, the Airhead Nation updates. This is the last thing that um, that I'll kind of share with you guys is uh, a few few quick ones, right? So number one, I mentioned Sean Rose and what he's doing for spreading the love. It's truly is an ama- it's truly an amazing thing. The money, the funding that they're raising, and um, you know he's went through a lot in his life, and one of those things was losing his wife. And he had posted the other day that um, he says, everyone, I would like to introduce Katie Powers. Katie will be our next recipient of Spreading the Love. All money raised from the auction and raffle at Southeast Bunny Truck and Nats will go to her and will help aid her fight against breast cancer. Please take a minute to read about Katie and where she is currently with her journey. So Sean lost his wife and he is, he's truly putting one step ahead by helping other people. And, uh, he's leading this cause spreading the love. We want to get Sean on hopefully next, next episode to talk a little bit about this. Uh, just some awesome photos. And I tell you what, a lot of good positive energy. That's what we need in 2023 and, and, and beyond. So, uh, Sean, thank you for what you do. Sean S E A N Rose. Uh, he tagged, uh, 30 other people as well because he knows it's a group effort. Uh, we're going to put together some things for mini Nats to help Jason Bell and team raise some funds. One at least very unique thing, there's, there's one of, and it ties in to something that's near and dear to my heart, but I'm hoping to help raise some funds. So be on the lookout for us to share via social media very soon what we'll, we will be contributing uh, because they're doing a great thing. I know Frank uh, locally here, um, I always say his last name wrong, F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H the third. He mentions he had lost his awesome uncle to cancer. And uh, rest in peace to the homie, man, uh, to your uncle. I, you know, it's it's just so tough. We're, we're all losing so many people. We're getting older. Um, so it's very tough, and I, I just wish you the best through that tough time. Speaking of a tough time, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to cover this, but Eric Eberline, I always say his name wrong. I think I do, and I apologize, big homie. Um, he, you know, he's went through a lot of stuff, and uh, he mentioned the other day, why did it take for my clones to go back to school and having to talk to the counselor today to realize my family fits into the homeless category? Never even crossed my mind. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very – this one's tough for me to cover because Eric and I have, have stayed in contact over the years, one of my severed brothers – just a good dude. Um, and he said it's been a little more than 24. This is back on December 28th, right around Christmas. He says it's been a little more than 24 hours since the BBQ at the house. We are in a few locations while things settle down, but the family's safe, and that's our highest priority. Dude, his family lost everything, dude. Eric, if you guys don't know, uh, he's a, a um, I don't know his exact role. I know he was in the military, and he was a contractor, and he... He and I had talked on the phone a couple times. He talked about just about, you know, fighting off the bad guys around the world. You know, that's kind of high level 
what he did for a very long time. And I ask, I don't always promote this stuff unless it's really good cause. I ask if you get a chance, even if it's a buck, if it's five bucks, if it's 10, if it's anything you can do. Eric and his family are um, doing a, uh, a GoFundMe. Uh, their goal was 5K. It's already over 10K. Okay, we have seen amazing causes around very tragic, tough situations. I'm going to share the link in the Airhead Nation. And I just ask again, on behalf of just a good guy, I mean, he, this guy has carried on Hi-Fi Friday for years. The only guy that I know that does it every Friday religiously. He is a good dude. So Kate and his wife, or Kate, his wife, um, please, you know, again, if you can, if you can do anything, he's a severed brother. He's a good dude. I mean, this is a guy that would give you the shirt off his back to help you. I know he would. He's helped other people. It's a tragic thing. So please, if you can do anything, if it's five bucks, if it's a buck, if it's a quarter, give to this cause. I mean, it, it, it it's a tragic thing. So I really appreciate you guys listening to me there for a minute. Airhead Nation updates brought to you by CNS Metalworks. We talked about it earlier. Please, if you get a chance, if you need air suspension, cs-metalworks.com. Also, CNS Metalworks, as Ruben had said on when we had him on a minute ago. With that being said, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate all the positivity, all the love we get in social media and YouTube, uh, including the podcast. I'll read some of the updated reviews. If you're on an Apple device, go to the pre-installed podcast app, select OLP under library, scroll down and tap the five stars. If you want to write a review, we'll read some of those on the next episode. I uh, hope you guys appreciate the audio from Rob Maji, a true legend, an OG, triple OG, great guy. and. Um, Take care of your families. Stay safe as we move in again the rest of this year. Stay on the rise. If I forgot anything, I apologize. We'll cover it on the next episode. See you guys at EBGD. Viatia. Peace. Hey, hey, so I'm super excited. 2023 kickoff guest, Rob Maji. How you doing, our friend? Yo, what's happening, bud? Really good. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you coming on, man. And dude, so much to talk about. So excited. And, you know, I got to always start off, you know, with an easy question. You know, the listeners always want to know a little bit of backstory. Can you kind of tell us, you know, who is Rob Maji? Well, uh, was born and raised in uh, Orange County, uh, Newport Beach. Uh, graduated out of Cypress High School and uh, pro skater for quite some time. And then we did it again after I sold MIC. So it's uh, still rolling around and doing some music stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And we we often you know talk about where guys grew up and some of the the epic stories of the seventies and eighties, but. Uh, recently I had watched the Tony Hawk documentary kind of last year, I think it was on HBO max. And you just think about the good times and it was crazy that skateboarding even goes back to kind of late fifties, sixties, but really in the seventies and eighties, it picked up and it's hard to even believe that it plateaued off at some point, you know, before it then gained its resurgence. Yeah, definitely. That was back when shit was cool, man. I mean, the eighties was for skateboarding was amazing. Nineties kind of went through it and, then it, I mean, it really came back, and now you've gone. It's gotten to a place where a lot of people in the industry don't want it to get going to the Olympics and stuff. And now you have 
you know, people training their kids from three years old on to, to be in that sport. But, yep. you know, no matter what, it's always going to be an individual passion. And uh, it was, it brought me a lot of happiness and still does. So I was glad that I was able to travel the world professionally and do it. That's so awesome. When you, many of us, I mean, I was into skating a little bit. I wasn't good, but many of us think back and we kind of have like one board or one skater that was our favorite. Like, do you have one deck that's etched in your mind or maybe one skater that you just go, man, that was my favorite? Oh gosh, there's so many great ones, uh, especially the ones that influenced me. Uh, Marty Jinks, Jimenez, uh, Jim Gray, uh, you know, it's just there's just so many, and I got to travel with some really cool peeps. Uh, Christian Soyes made a great research, oh. resurgence. Yeah. Uh, he's a he would come to my skate park uh, and back in 2010 and stuff and ride. And uh, Jim Gagne, Black Label guys, they're they're all super super good peeps, man. And one other I have to mention that obviously Jeff Grossel, he was always a uh, after he got better, he was always a, a not only a strong person but just a, a really good guy to hang hang with them yeah it's funny how that stuff's etched in our minds and uh, one of my buddies when i was younger his name was larry parker then i found out years later there was a famous lawyer from the ice cube song he's like uh larry parker just got me two million oh what a feeling uh, (laughs) my buddy larry parker when i was a kid he was three years older than me and dude he was such a good skater and i remember he had the stop genie deck and that was etched in my mind and now stop kevin stop is like reissuing some of the decks and you know, I think he had some he injuries he was skates. going through. Yeah, he still skates too. I mean, you know, like everything else, your amplitude changes, but he's still riding and uh, he still looks the same. I mean, you see him in person, he, he's still punk rock man. <laughs> <laughs> With the purple hair and stuff. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't tell my wife, but when he reissued one of those decks, I've been waiting on the Genie deck, but he reissued one of the other ones, the pirate uh, deal and... Um, I had to get one, man. I mean, it was just sick. And <laughs> he's on, for those that don't know, there's like a YouTube or there's Instagram YouTube called the nine club. And he's the new guest on there. And I want to go and watch that one. Cause they do obviously video and stuff. It's a really good podcast. So nice man. Throw that out there. But what, like what, what other stuff were you into in that era? Do you, cause skateboarding was huge. Did you ever dabble in the BMX stuff or were any of your friends into that? Um, not really when I was younger, but then once I started traveling, a lot of the shows would coincide, uh, like the Haro guys and that they would, you know, if we were doing a demo for whatever we were at, you know, that's, that's more or less how I, I knew about it and got to see it. Honestly, if I had my, I would say, throw a side hack on that son of a, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah, when I was a kid, man, it was like just being able to do that or the freedom that we had, you know, before because we were, you know, teenagers before we had cars. So, like, maybe you had an older friend, and it reminds me of like Gleaming the Cube, right? When when they had the pizza truck and everybody throws the decks in the back, and it was like it just was a rad time. Yeah, man, it was just it was just a cooler time, and I feel bad for kids these days what they're going through with state of where we're at but uh, yeah it's a crazy world man just get off get out and go man skate bmx whatever but just do it don't just sit you know get off as i keep telling my son get off the vr headset dude like why do you want to live in virtual (laughs) reality if you can live in reality you know that's right Um, man that's definitely right now 
many of us we've kind of established on the podcast like people that were into BMX and skateboarding it was like we it was a natural progression for the type of vehicles that we wanted but like how did you get bit by the custom vehicle bug like was it shop class was it someone that you knew that just had cool shit well there's a guy named Boyd Coddington and where I grew up in an apartment uh he was a block away and his shop was uh, maybe three blocks away. And one of my uh, close buddies, Terry Meads, dad worked for Boyd. And we'd go over there and start checking out them building the hot rods. And, and they, then obviously he was basically the first built wheel manufacturer. We, we started detailing for him. Well, we didn't know we were detailing until it turned out that we ain't just washing cars at this hot rod shop, right? So um, that's where I kind of got the bug. And then... Uh, I think about it. got my first mini truck, a Nissan, and started fixing that up. And as I skated, we did more. And, and I'm sure you saw the, all the, what came later. But uh, that was the main reason I got the bug from Boyd Coddington and being a block away from him and what, doing what he did. And that's where it started. Yeah, that's awesome. If you think of, you know, you always hear in movies the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? How many movies he's been in stuff. But really, Boyd Coddington, uh, when we had Bill Hancock on from, he worked at Colorado Custom, as you know, for years, we talked about the legacy of Boyd and how many wheel companies it spawned, right? How many guys right. spawned off from that. But even you, like you said, I mean, that's that's where you got your kind of motivation from. That's amazing. Yeah, he was definitely at the, the head of his game and, uh, and doing what he, I mean, he set the standard. Hey, I'm not going to buy a wheel. I'll just cut one out of the block of a wheel when I'm right here. Yeah. And that, that brought a lot of bill parts and really built a lot of companies after, you know, that. And uh, being, seeing Colorado Custom, I, I'll never forget. I think, what year it was it seemed that here, here's <laughs> Boyd in his Hawaiian shirt with his big bear belly, and they're, they're basically bellying it up at, <laughs> right there, you know, just going belly to belly. You know, doing their, letting them have it, saying, oh, you stole my idea. But, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. everything worked out for everybody. So, Yeah, it is kind of nuts. When you, when you think back to, you know, those early days, you get bit by the bug. Did you have a custom, a couple, couple, did you have a couple of maybe custom vehicles before, you know, you even started MIC? I'm kind of curious about how, like, those late teens, early 20s, or were you kind of out of the gate in your 20s going, yo, I'm going to start my own company? Yeah, well, I I started that when I was still riding heavily, just, you know, there, there'd be idle times or whatever. And I actually started, uh, when I was still in Cyprus, I, it, it started as styling auto-dialing, <laughs> if ah. you can believe that. And... Uh, like six months went by and everybody's like, and I was probably 16, 17 and it just wasn't a professional enough name. And this the, a guy I really looked up to, I forgot what, if he was uh, uh, helping Boyd or, uh, or what his, was. it was, I think he also worked at Sir Michael's, but uh, he said, you need a better name if you're going to just, you know, you're doing detailing and then if it led to pinstriping. And then uh, at my first shop in Fullerton, we started, doing the, the first lowering and then offering a full custom package and as it grew. So that's how I ended up coming out with Master Engine. Yeah, that was, going, a, it was going a great name. There. And you know the importance of the branding and stuff, which we'll kind of talk about because, I mean, I talked to some of my friends from the West and they were saying, yo, like Rob, 
and his team, you know, they had tight schedules, you know, they really knocked stuff out, and I think that's important. But when you think back to those early days, I think back to trucking, and I recall, you know, kind of mid-90s seeing the F-350 that was, I think, you know, juiced on all four corners. Was that kind of one of those early visions of the early MIC days? Yeah, well, I, it was, that was, I didn't actually have a fabricator. I was going to different places, and then uh, Mike Shark is a good, great friend of mine, and obviously many truck netter. He introduced me to Sean. Well, for the next, I think, three years, to Sean Mahaney, I'm sorry. For the next probably three years, I would just go to him, and he was moving from shop to shop, Sam's, Sam's Hydraulics. Uh, I think, and the next was Independent Performance, and obviously before that, he had Trendsetter. And I finally, after um, after three or four, I, Sean and I just said, "Hey, you know, he was doing so much work for me. We decided to bring him aboard and, and get him a place to work." And then the, that shop led to another shop, then to two shops, and then I finally bought the big building in uh, in Anaheim Hills there that we ended up being in for the next however many years. Yep, yep. And I was reading trucking. I remember back to like '93. I still have my first issue I ever got and. I always loved it was a heavy hauler issue. And I always loved the big you know, the big hipped dualies and stuff. But when we had Sean Mahaney on Rest in Peace, you know, we talked a lot with him and it really you know, he I, I honestly think like he was you know, you guys were, were some of the first guys to start really, you know, putting adjustable suspension on those big trucks. I know there were a couple other players out there, so I'm not trying to, you know, take anyone's thunder, but when I think back to it I mean, hydraulics on an F three fifty—that was, I mean, really revolutionary at that time. Yeah, that's that was definitely uh, something to see. And uh, <laughs> as far as the adjustable, I think it, only thing anybody was doing back then, really, on the dualies was adjustable in the rear. So if you had a, you know, with the Firestone airbag kit or whatever. Yep, the helper but, bag uh, kits and all that. Yeah, that was big yeah. and. Now, when I think back to that era, I start to, you know, if I had a timeline, I, I remember Time Bomb, you know, November 96, and I'm trying to remember if it was a dually or if it was a Phantom dually, but it was the Bourbon, the white one. Yeah, you that know. was a Suburban dually, and when I talked to Sean about it, to be able to put dually wheels, you had to do a three-quarter inch, or three-quarter, a three-quarter ton, so that was an eight-lug. So I found a, a new, or... And went and picked it up, took it to Sean, and like probably maybe three weeks later, he had it laid flat on the ground with the dual wheels, no fenders on it, and crazy looking with a dually suburban with no fenders in the back, right, just sticking out. I drove that from Sean's shop in Santa Ana all the way out to Doug's Starbucks in Riverside, you know, fully full hydros driving down the freeway. People are like, what <laughs> the is that, you know? And then you start hitting corners and, and looking out your mirrors and seeing the duel sticking out, flinging rocks on everybody down the freeway. It was something, man. It yeah. Something. One of our homies on Instagram, he's, he's, his account is blown up. He's got it. It's called 90s Truck Scene. You probably follow it. But he shared a, a clip, which he's been doing a real good job at. Uh, and there's a clip of you polishing the rear wheel, like wiping it down. And I was like, where did he get this from? And it's with the checkered floor. It's probably like, you know, at MIC back in the day, you got the glasses on and then you're, he, he even has a video of it hitting switches driving. I'm like, damn, dude, like it was some pretty cool footage. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's Rob Maji right there, man. I know that truck. <laughs> that was, that was shot at one of the 
I, I'm not sure who was doing the shoot, but the one where I'm polishing that wheel and they're hitting corners yeah. ended up ended up in one of the music videos. But that was oh. at a truck and I believe that was a a truck a truck and shoot. And I, they had, he was lifting up so I could polish. I think Mike Mike Sharpless may have been doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what it looked like and, from that day. And we had filmed that day because we were using the uh, the Suburban Dually for a music video, and that, that's how that came in. And that video is probably still out there somewhere. Yeah, I gotta find that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sick, dude. Well, now there's probably some in between, but when I think of the the topless eighty eight to ninety eight re- the red regular cab truck, it was featured in Trucking, but it was also for those that don't know, it was on the cover of Chevy Trucking. That yeah, thing uh, is still epic, and with OBS trucks being so popular now, dude, I cannot believe nobody's recreated that one. Yeah, that was Dave's, and uh, we did that photo shoot uh, with Steve Warner, um, which later became, the, I believe, he took um, Steve Stillwell's model truck, and yeah, I think so, yeah, we, we shot that, and that was shot in, in San Clemente, and yeah. that was that was a. That was a long time ago. That was, I think, one of the very first one. Uh, obviously, we cut the roof off of it, but that was probably the first time that we really did airbags instead of hydraulics on something because we were, you know, Sean was basically doing all hydros, and then, you know, we never would have expected the airbags to come in and actually be able to do what they did. So Yeah, and obviously, we got a lot more to talk about, but what, what I always thought, especially I was a lot younger, we all were, but... Like when I look at this red truck, you know, when it was in trucking, it was uh, a drop drop top styling. But you know, they're complete. They're complete builds. Paint wheels. You know, it had the awesome grill where the Chevy emblem was was um, you know shaved, if you will. It was topless. Yeah. It had the stereo. Like it, dude. It was the full package, man. And that had to be a good feeling that you guys had the clients that were willing to go and kind of take them because they knew that you guys had that connection too to the to the magazines. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The if we as it, as we grew and it, obviously I knew all the all all most of the editors because we were we not only really close to which was McMullen E back then, but it yeah. made it easy for the stories and you know and for everybody to work together. I mean, I mean a lot of those guys knew me when I was washing their cars underneath their building there, so it's uh, a lot of history for sure. Hell yeah, man. And that truck, like I said, I think it was even shot twice because I know Wes shot it the one time when it ran in trucking, but those rolling shots when it was on the cover of Chevy trucking, like you said, um, I don't know that I have that issue, but it was cool that, you know, Brian McCormick and those guys doing the sister publications, they were keen to the street, so to speak, enough to go, hey, this is dope. Let's run it on this cover, you know, so that was awesome. Yeah, man, I haven't talked to Brian in a long time. I hope if he hears this, he's doing well he was always a really cool person and, and really treated us and treated me really good. So Yeah, and it was a it was an honor to have him on. I used to read his editorials. I mean, I feel old saying, you know, reading the magazines like front to back, but just really I mean, shot so many covers and really just as a as a beacon really in this truck community, you know. So tip of the cap to him. Yeah, I dude, definitely. I gotta transition to one of our favorite rides and I think out of any you know, when we think West Side, I mean, we had rest in peace Sean Mahaney on. You know, we we've talked about the storied, just legacy of this amazing truck, and it's really cool to sit down with you. 
um, when Sean had shared some photos with us, he kind of shared, it looks like originally it was, it was green, but can you kind of talk to us a little bit about the early days and how the idea came about to build Westside? Um, well, the, the truck before that I had was the suburban dually. So that's what, that was the last project that I had, did, I had done from myself personally. And I said, Hey, I want to do a, a, a crew cab body drops on the ground. No one had done it yet. And if they had, I hadn't seen it. Nobody had seen it. Cause you know, I was obviously on the cover of the column at the world's lowest story. Order. So I told him I wanted to juice. It was going to be full paint body. Doug Starbuck knew about what was going to go on. And I did a rendering for him. Originally straight up, Sean and I were going to cut that fucking roof off of that truck the first time. And just before the day before, so I think it was Mike Sharp that says, hey, Street Beat Customs out in Phoenix will custom make you the biggest rag top that they were to put in the service. Awesome. And so check this out. It's, I said, okay. And Sean goes, oh, we don't know how to do it. So I said, don't worry. We'll do another one. And I told him. So ah. well, I told Mike as soon as, soon as Doug's painting it, because it was already a paint, so I, I would have had him do the cutting of the as soon as Doug was done, no interior in the sink. Here go me and Mike Schertz is in on lawn chairs driving from Riverside all the way eight hours to Phoenix to, to have the ranch up put in. <laughs> they did it in a day, and I'll never forget, I was as sick as a dog. They did it in a day, and we drove back to that same time. 16 hour drive on lawn chairs. <laughs> that's Dude, that, so. Bro, so that's imagine if they had cell phones then. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's how the West Side ended up with that big old rag on the top, and and history will move forward. <laughs> yeah, that would have been on some roadkill shit, man. That would have been like an epic, you know, we're getting this rag top installed. Oh, man, dude. And the the thing that people always ask is, you know, when we had Doug Starbuck on, it was, I mean, legendary. And, you know, we talked about the paint and stuff. It, to me, it was mind-blowing that, you know, these paint jobs they were doing back then is like, you'd have to stand back to kind of get the full effect of it. Do you recall like with the paint on it, did you kind of give Doug free reign on it? Well, I drew the, drew the thing. I didn't pay a professional to do a rendering of that one. Or I think out of all my trucks, I only did one time and that was a, a, a Tahoe I built later, but I usually did all my own renderings and they weren't, it just was enough to give the painter an idea of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, that's how that came out. And then D Doug was always not only, I mean, he built so much stuff for, for me personally and then for my customers over the years. I mean, he was always uh, just, a, just, a, 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 just a gentleman. And, uh, just, we, and we became obviously good friends over the years. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, we, we just did some, we worked together well and, you know, and, and basically 90% of the stuff I built, he painted, I think, maybe more. Yeah. Well, uh, our friend Steve Nielsen from Alter Images back in the day, you know, become friends with him. And he used to send out VHS tapes, like home videos. And when I look back, you know, I kept them all these years and I imported all the the video. And you've probably seen some of it that I've shared of Crew Cut or, or Westside at the time. But it's, it's amazing to me, too, joking about, you know, not having cell phones. If we... We lived in the moment, which we all appreciate, but when guys like the 90s truck scene and us and, and when we post this old stuff, like people eat it up because 
it's it's crazy, isn't it, that we just didn't have cameras. I mean, granted, some of us had camcorders, don't get me wrong, but a lot of us weren't walking around with camcorders recording all this shit, you know? Right. So it's different. Yeah, but uh, little, little Jay, you had shared a photo with me, and Lil Jay was the guy that did the interior, right, back in Westside. Yes, um, he did, and he also did Westside. He did the Suburban Dually, and originally the the first round on the Impala, and he did a lot of our customers. We would send them out to there, and uh, yep. in that photo, you see Doug Starbuck, myself, Little Jay, and Sean Mahaney standing there, and that was at, uh, I believe that shot was at a Truck Jamboree uh, the first year that the Westside was finished. Yep. And being a big hip hop fan, you know, we could tie this in easily throughout because I know we're into some of the same stuff. But around that era, you know, you had, you know, Tupac unfortunately dies in September. You basically have, you know, Biggie's killed in March, you know, and you kind of have this, unfortunately, the media hyped it up West Coast versus East Coast and all that. And some bad stuff came out of it. But to me, it was so awesome the name of it, um, and then, you know, Ice Cube and those guys come out with, you know, West Side Connection. Was there, right. any, was there any, was like any of that, did it play a role in you going, yo, this is West Side? You know what? It, obviously, big hip-hop music guy and all. It it was just the, at the time. I mean, it was what was happening, and everybody's throwing up Ws, and yep, yep. It, it just represented uh, everybody and, and and what was coming and where it was coming from, you know? Yeah, throw them dubs up and lock them fingers, like they say, you know, <laughs> West Side. Right. West side and the, music, the music was there, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you basically have this epic run, Wes Allison shoots it, and you, you know, we talked to Sean some, and we kind of get this idea that the rebuild's going to happen, right? Because you kind of hinted that you were going to cut the roof off. You know, and we've also heard it was kind of top secret, right? Because back in the day, I'm, I'm not even going to lie, back in the day when it came out, I remember we're scratching our heads over on the east, right? Because we, we barely had street source. And we're going, yo, it's not the same truck. The engine setup's different. It's the it's not the same interior. But Sean was able to kind of add some light to that to kind of go, yo, that was part of the plan, right? So yeah, talk to us about, home. like, do you remember the day when you went in there and said, all right, guys, it's time to freaking rip this thing apart? Well, I do, and we talked about it, and I and and I had already ordered all the sheet metal swap to do the the Cadillac front end and everything, and uh, the shop was really busy at the time, and uh, so Saturday we closed early. I went in, and by the time Sean and the guys got there on Monday morning, I had done the whole sheet metal swap. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, just they didn't expect it. I mean, sure. But a lot of people don't realize I, I do, and I did put my hands to a lot of stuff when I had time. Uh, but so once Sean came in and saw I did the whole clip, and then he's like, "Okay, that's when that that I think it was that afternoon after we got done working on our the customer cars, roof came off, and then we then we laid the windshield back down, and then uh, bought the bed for the extra bed rails to cap the doors, and and then from there it moved fast, you know. Yeah, yeah, and. The thought process then, right? So we had, we've even, again, we've, we've covered a lot of angles of this. Then we have Van Diemen on, right? It was always etched in my mind. I was like, what is that, you know, that bumper sticker paint, you know, deal in the paint? And, you know, we obviously over the years would hear Van Diemen's name and stuff like that over the course of time. Do you remember? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because 
obviously wanted Steve Van Diemen to do the paint, and he had been working out of our shop, mm-hmm. and he's an amazing guy. We became close, very close. Um, but he didn't have a, a paint shop that was his own, and he, we couldn't, we weren't doing, we didn't sling any Bondo or paint at any of our shops, okay. uh, just not, all the metalwork. Yep. So the place, the place went to a, a place, I think it was Rods and Rise, I don't remember, um, but that's where Steve was working out of. So they had to get the truck all prepped and based and lay the, the coat down so Steve could do all of the, the graphics and flames and everything. Well, after Steve got everything done, the owner of that shop, before they cleared it, put his name across there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I meant to and, ask Steve about that, and that was a question I forgot to ask him. And on top of it, and I'm not going to get into too much yeah, detail, sure, sure. but it was, it, he was a bad businessman, and I wasn't, he, he shouldn't have done that. I mean, I would, he would have got all the credit for the, but it was a Steve Van Diemen paint job. Yep, yep. And when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. And I'm all, well, how do we fix it? And there was, it was just getting ready to be debuted. So Steve suggests, well, let's, let's have something made that has just my name on it on there and we'll put it over there and I'll try to make it look. So I called my buddy, uh, Rob that owned modern image and they're a sticker company and real, real amazing, amazing guy. Anyway, he made that for me to go over that guy's shop's name. And that's why that was on there. Yep, got it. Okay. Yeah, so it was and funny. I had that on my list, and I forgot to ask Steve about that, but it's cool that you laid it, laid it down right there, Rob. Yeah, it was uh, the guy, I, I, and I can't remember his first name, but it was it was a, it was very, I mean, I, I, I can't believe I kept my cool when I got there and saw him to do that uh, over on a paint job like that. You just don't do that shit. You know? Oh, yeah. But, well, before we talk about the next truck, Too Low Crew, which I want to hit on, I, I did, you know, I was talk, uh, texting with Chad Lucas a little while ago. He obviously worked at Mini Truck in a while and one of my old Sever Ties brothers. But, you know, if we just hone in for a moment on, like, you guys and you as a business owner, you know, he said, hey, from what he remembered, things were ran really tight there. Like, project management was key, right? Getting these rides in, bagging and body dropping. And I think at least from, from what I've heard from people, like that was a key ingredient to your success, right? You know, these timelines, not having four or five year projects and stuff. How important do you think that is for a business owner to really stick to the, those kind of timelines as the best you can? Well, in that time, that's everybody wanted it done quick. And as we grew, uh, basically, you made an appointment with us. We we figure out which fabricator is going to do whichever project it is, whether it's a full cover truck or just a hydraulics or bags. But and they were allotted the the time frame. And if the, for example, if if it was a just a, a full air ride system with a with a step notch or what have you, the guys had it a lot of time to do it. So I was able to get the guy's schedule on when it was basically I think the five fabricators with the five lifts them back. And you'd leave a hundred dollar deposit. You'd have your time booked. Boom. One rug, one rug was there was there was one time we were booked for seven months out. But once your ride got there, it would only be there a week. Wow. Or if it's a yeah. So we got very efficient. And then customer service. Any of our systems, uh, lifetime guarantee, roadside assistance was in reason. Um, if anything ever needed, that we made sure we just. 
any lines where, where heat shrink wrap to make sure that you wouldn't have any problems with bursting, that type of thing. Yep, yep. And I think the word spread quick, you know, hey, and we were reasonable considering where we sat as far as, you know, craftsmanship and, you know, and yeah. then also the, the, the rolling list we would put once you became our customer. I mean, I don't think I, in all the times, I think I had one disgruntled customer over all the years and that, uh, yeah. Tried to make it right. <laughs> yeah, and you think of that era, how important it was. Like you said, people wanted stuff done, but you know, it's it, it's weird how I mean, you could really make the statement any point in the last thirty years, but it is hard to get good work. Oftentimes, you know, depending on where you live in the country, you know, there's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of you know guys that just aren't super motivated to so to see a well oiled machine, so to speak, where you have a good system and people are getting the stuff done that they want. Uh, it just seems like that was paramount for you guys. Yeah, definitely. And the guys took pride in what they did in, in the shop, for sure. And, you know, especially when they're fabricating, uh, you know, they everybody wants to make it look a little bit better and that. And, uh, yeah, the most, no shortcuts were taken. Obviously, you, your customers, basically, their lives depended on their flying down the freeway. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And shout out to your crew because, you know, some of these guys have chimed in and I forget the one guy's name. And he goes, yo, I used to work at MIC. I love the podcast. I love what you guys are doing. That means a lot to us. But you had, you know, I know you probably can't name drop them all. But, you know, uh, you and I had talked, as, you know, some of the Art Gomez's, Gendro, rest in peace, Sean Mahaney. You had a good bunch of guys, um, the, like you said, off air, that were really the key ingredient to your success a lot. A lot of it, uh, you, you contribute to that. Yeah, and, and Jeremy Goffman, I mean, uh, Scott Fister, there was a lot of a lot of guys. And employee turnover was minimal uh, there. I mean, basically everybody that came on was there um, to when I sold the company. So uh, it, it, it was it was a good camaraderie. And thank gosh we didn't have human resources back then because <laughs> the, the stuff that we did in there, I mean – Salesman at the front counter, one of the, one of the guys come up, put cracker, a thing of firecrackers in the back pocket, and everybody's running down the store. And, you know, just it, it, it worked, and uh, it was good times. And my gosh, I, I look back now and think, <laughs> wow, yeah, very, very blessed. And the industry and people were very good, good to my crew and to me. So. Yeah, and my buddy Jimmy Graham at Jimmy's Running Customs, you know, he's done a lot of stuff for me over the years. He's really talented, and he's kind of a one-man crew, and he kind of has his part-time guy. But he and I always talk about, you know, like he wants to get more guys, and it's tough where, you know, where he lives in Edgewater. But, you know, you had a crew, and I think people tend to forget, like if you've got whether it's two, three, four, five employees plus – you know, making payroll, right, and being able to bring these jobs in and stuff. You know, a lot of people see the glitz and glamour, and they see you set up at a show and go, "Oh man, it must be easy." They don't realize the day in and day out grind of, of bringing in the customers, making them happy, and getting collecting the paycheck so that you can pay your crew. You know, right, right. I think that's a yeah, big thing. The other was the marketing, and then shipping. I mean, I mean, there was a point, and I don't like to. We were moving a lot of, a lot of product out the door obviously i mean we had full page ads and on three or four magazines every month from street trucks to the back page of mini truck into spreads and i mean there was a lot of logistics going on to to keep up yep the the just getting our product shipped i mean we besides our grill line and all the air ride valves and 
plates and, and everything. There was a lot of parts to, to manage. And I, mean, I think even with shipping everything, we, were, we had 15 guys full-time um, moving and half was fabrication and then obviously sales. And so it, it was a lot. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't change anything now, but now I look back, I can't believe yep. the, the amount of time and everything it took. Yeah, and the last comment I have on that is, you know, tip of the cap because if you really think back, and in my opinion, to your point, you know, there were Sir Michaels, you know, there was there were certain companies out there, but someone like you guys that that came out with you know some of the mail order stuff and being able to order bag brackets and stuff, it was really revolutionary at that time because not only were you doing the customer rides, small and big. But you were also doing the mail order stuff, and that obviously helped to grow the business. So, I mean, dude, again, congrats on all the success uh, that you guys had. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So, now, one rendering I do remember, uh, Hot Rod by Christina. I don't know if it was she did it for you guys or for the client, but the Too Low Crew, that really badass red dually. I think it was a Starbucks paint job because it had the checker flag type deal on it yeah it that was doug and, and he was also sick. yeah and he even made it to where he sandblasted the glass so he could run yes. run the graphic through the glass that that was steve ballman's and uh that uh west shot that yeah i remember west shot that out at i believe it was not pyramid lake at uh oh gosh i forgot the name of it but uh that was a great truck. He was a good customer. We built uh, some a couple other things for him over the time besides that one as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, and speaking of Wes, you know, he's not a guy that maybe really come on the podcast, so we try to give him a lot of credit, you know, when we can. But something that was cool to just go back since you mentioned about, you know, shooting stuff. Um, Wes had confirmed because Johnny O had, had chimed in on a post one day, and Wes was like, yo, Crew Cut, it was shot at Doc Weiler Beach. And I always yep. thought that was cool to kind of know where, you know, where it was. So I was looking at it on Google Maps and I'm like, sure enough, I could kind of easily see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. right at the end of Imperial Highway in Los Angeles, right next to LAX. Yeah. And, and you uh, can almost, he said, if you look closely, you could see, I forget what, what's on the, 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 the very tip there, the land way out there, but you know, it's, it's uh, an oil, in the oil derricks and stuff. Yes. That's and what I, it was. Yeah. I got to tell you, he shot that at sundown. And if you're in California, if you know that area, Doc Weiler driving Imperial Highway and that truck coming home after the sunset, gangsta. Let me tell you, <laughs> can you imagine rolling that thing through that area? It was, it was a heck of a heck of a day for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I always looked at it and said, wow, you know, that was before you know, Photoshop and Lightroom and stuff like that. But Wes really was getting his footing in the late nineties. You know, we've covered with mini trucking. He shot the most covers, but I mean, dude, in that mid to late nineties, man, he went on a run and I tell you what, he's still out there doing the damn thing. Yeah, he, he was a great person to work with most laid back, but yet the most professional photographer that, I mean, well, you see what he did. And he, I don't know how many different, uh, things we shot together but there wasn't a time that he didn't pick the right spot with the right light and, and he, he's just a great great person a, a really good surfer on top of it um, oh interesting yeah very cool yeah so again shout out to um hot ride christina we i need to get her on the podcast sometime but she did that rendering back in 97 that was a cool 
Dually, and of course that was during the era of the Epic Phantom Grills, and yeah, you know, even those KMC wheels. To me, man, those are classic wheels that were on that thing, and it was just a dope era. I mean, that was even before the 19s and 24s and all that. I mean, to oh, me, oh yeah, I they weren't Duals, doing, any, you know? yeah, they weren't doing. You didn't have very many choices, so we knew the lady at KMC, and they did very short runs of those any type of directional dually, and finding anything that was cool for dually was very very hard. So. Yeah, and you uh, talk about of, finding dually wheels. It's hard now to find those, quote, old-school wheels, dude. They're, like, virtually impossible to find. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, times yeah. are definitely changing with what, the, what they're running. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Now, around that same era, I now, I didn't pull out every issue uh, of, that I could find. I mean, I got a lot of it documented in my notes, but the Expedition white and yellowish, right? That ran on the cover of Trucking as well. That was another one under you guys' fleet, I believe. Yeah, that was the that was expedition just came out. Um, nobody had been. I mean, no one was putting twenties on anything or whatever. So, uh, Doug, I I did the rendering for that, and then Doug uh, did the paint prior to us actually doing the suspension. So no one kind of really knew what was it that it would get laid out. And back then, I mean, those even at that time that was a very expensive truck to cut up, so to speak. And uh, that's kind of like it. Well, the first time that people saw I mean, no one had seen any, any SUVs with 20s on it, let, a, let alone being laid out, you know. And yep. uh, Doug did a great job on that uh, that paint job. And was he, he did it quickly. I couldn't believe but uh, He always was very efficient when it came to our build. So. Oh, yeah. Now, I think back to April 99 mini truck and 97 S10 Blazer was Michael Candelillian's? Yeah. Yeah, great guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that thing was sick. Wes Allison's 15th cover for mini trucking at that time. And, dude, that thing was rad, too, and it had that overall Starbucks theme pain. Yeah, it's the same. It almost, I really, I maybe got stuck on that colorway for a little too much, <laughs> but honestly, the owner told me, he says, I want it to look, I want the same colors as the Expedition. Boom. And... And I want similar style. So I just sketched out something. And again, I'm not no great artist for nothing, but it was just enough to give Doug the idea of the colorway and and where I want it. I look back now and I, I kind of realize they, they kind of looked all alike. But <laughs> oh, well, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And those blazers, you know, a lot of times they were hung up on some of the cross members and the, the big chassis they had, the frames underneath them. But seeing that one, it was like, man, you guys like laid that thing flat. And that was always something that stuck out in my mind, especially with the also with the smooth front bumper and then the Phantom grill. It just was perfect, man. That was a that channeling job. Now, that's what we call it now. It was body drop. But I mean, if you look at the floor, I mean. The, the the frames on those things I think were this, six inches, so the floor was way up. I mean, obviously seat directly on the floor type of thing. But Sean was able to you know obviously tackle it. And I'll never forget when he was cutting out the firewall to do it. I mean, there was I mean close to six inches of firewall were taken out of that thing to to get that thing that low. But uh, oh yeah. And shout out, I did want to stop for a moment. You mentioned Jeremy Kaufman. We had him on the podcast in the past. I mean, hardcore mini trucker. Just a, a overall good guy, so it was cool that um, you reminded me that he worked there. Of course, he had told me that, but um, you know, a blast from the past, so to speak. Yeah, I miss that dude, man. He was always always had a smile and uh, always was happy to be doing to be working and oh yeah, and being hanging out. So. 
Now, same era, again, I'm just kind of going through my head, the purple Mazda, I believe you had chimed in at one point and said that was one of Sean Mahaney's clients. That Mazda, it had to have been awesome building it, knowing that one, it's going to be a truly amazing build, but also it was going straight to Japan, right? Yeah, that was built exclusively for a Japanese customer that wanted to build it, take it to Truck Jam, and he he wanted a shot at winning Best of Show. And uh, we had we had that, uh, went to one shop to do some of the body work and they weren't doing it well, uh, hence the bumper sticker cover. Um, but ended up at Doug's. Doug was able to finish up. I mean, there was some crazy mods. I mean, the extra cab with a suicide door on one side and an extra cab door on one other tilt. I mean, the only thing I did disagreed with that owner on that whole build, he wanted the a factory stock chrome bumper. And if you look at the, if you look at this whole truck, there's nothing untouched. And he wanted the factory chrome bumper, but that was his want. And I said, okay, yeah, that's what you got, man. <laughs> so, yeah. so we took it, and he picked it up from the truck jam, and and he took the display and everything. And the, as far as I know, it's that's still in Japan, and uh, it is. I guess he's some type of collector. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it was we, ironic. We got his wish. <laughs> Yeah, I had posted it back in September, and uh, he chimed in, and he said, yeah, I still got it. I don't know how to say his name because, you know, it, it's oh. on Instagram in J- Japan, but it's like L.E. Cabriolet. L-E Cabriolet. Uh, you guys can check it out. But, yeah, that indoor photo shoot on the the jack stands really just um, was crazy, and that was Severed Mikado, one of my Severed Ties brothers. He had shot it, if I remember correctly, when it went over to Japan, he shot it for the magazine that was starting up, which was going to be Custom Trucks Mag. Well, it was uh, Truck Trends, technically, at that time. And it was on, the, gotcha. for those that don't know, it was on the first cover of Truck Trends. Gotcha. Which was insane. And I found that out later because you know, those magazines at that time, they're still not easy to get here. But back in that era, it was like, we didn't even know about it, you know? Right, right. Which is crazy. Now, our friend, I want to give a shout out to Jason Redden. He's hardcore mini trucker from Florida. He visited back in 2000 at MIC and he took photos and he shared those in the past. And it was cool because it's showing the door open with the, like you said, the rear suicide, kind of what we call third door, maybe, you know, showing it like in its infancy. And I remember, I don't know if you ever knew this, but Dave Shulman might have been the same trip who owns Crew Cut now. He actually visited MIC. Back in the day, as a you know young adult, and he he has a photo sitting. You know, you were like, yeah, you know, you showed him around, or someone did, and they said, yeah, go ahead and sit in it. And he has a photo, and then years later, he ended up owning it. Just insane. <laughs> Crazy man. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of my favorite covers is Tangerine Dream. Not only because the truck it was S10, I'm a big S10 guy, but Bobby Billiard on the cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a young adult, we're all like, yo, man, she, you know, I mean, Bobby Billiard had it. But, dude, talk to us a little bit about that truck, man. Um, that was Craig Campbell's uh, S10. And that shot was at my second shop in the showroom. We built the walls to move around. So, if we wanted to bring cars in, kind of like the next one. But, uh, yep, yep. He had a, a huge motor built for it and a uh, killer audio system. Later on, you're not going to believe this, maybe two years later, he had uh, Johnny Lightning, a, a car guy that was, and he's still around, very good fabricator and motor builder, pulled that motor out, put in a tiny little Toyota motor, and we made it a hopper. 
that Dude, truck. I've seen one photo of it, I think, when it was a <laughs> hopper, and I was like, you know, it was like my shattered dreams because I always loved that thing, you know, and I was like, oh, man, it looks different. But, dude, what a legacy no. that thing had. Oh, uh, yeah, we put a full cage in there and then a, a rear to stabilize the frame. And Sean, I forgot what the pump setup was and batteries, but in our last DVD and video, in our last uh, video, he's driving that down the main street doing probably 60 miles an hour dragon bunker all the way. And it, 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 I'm, pretty, I'm not sure if you got a copy of that last DVD, but I'll send it to you. There's some, it, it was really some uh, something to see going down the you know, you see guys doing it in some of the, the battery-weighted rear ends, but to see a mini-truck dragon bumper down the street by hopping you know, when it's lifted, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I tell the listeners, go on Instagram and type in, ha- or just type in Master Image Customs and search, and then type on that hashtag. Other a guy named Long Roofer had shared a photo um, of it at a competition when it was hopping. Uh, oh, so- gosh. You guys will see that. There's about there's about 500 plus posts. A lot of ours, of course, um, not all of them, but about 500 plus posts with Master Image Customs. Uh, so wow. it kind of shows you the vast array of like a lot of different um, rides. The one video that I did uh, did acquire over the course of time was "Let the Rhythm Hit Them," and I really enjoyed that one. It's got a lot of cool stuff. There was like a cul-de-sac where you guys were basically doing like a cruise, if I remember correctly, like for for the video. Yeah, I we did three of them. The first ones were, you know, you know, camcorder type with their VHS, and they were filmed professionally, but the quality wasn't good. The last one that we did, I just drew, is probably my favorite, just because it has more of the current stuff. uh, Yep, yep. So ninety nine rolls around. You know, Chevy changes up the new body style. You know, we know them as NBS now, new body style. But MIC wasn't afraid to build a new body style truck. The red truck that Van Diemen painted, um, kind of known in my mind as Wildfire, that thing was insane. Yeah. And when we had Van Diemen on, we kind of said more than likely it was the first completed new body style. Uh, I think it was a 2000, but you know what I mean. It was it was totally yeah. complete. That was actually Steve Miller. And at the time, he was managing, managing the company, managing MIC. So he had done a... He had done a radical Civic prior, and he really wanted to do the brand new body style, and he wanted it on hydros, and uh, that's how that came about. And Steve Van Diemen did the, the paint job, and I think Art and Sean and a lot of our own stuff. We had all worked kind of together, you know, on that. Got a funny story about that. Uh, after it was done, Steve said he was going to get lunch, and I said, uh, "Sure, I'll go with you." And we were going around the corner and. Here we are sitting at the corner, and somebody pulled up in a, in a mini. So Steve started busting, hoppity hoppity. And next thing you know, woo! So we pull over and go around to toward the sandwich shop where we're gonna get to, thinking that we may lose them because they weren't behind us; they're on the other side of the street. So we get over. Here he comes, pulls up next side, and Steve's sitting there, and he leans in and he goes, "You know, there's no hoppy hoppy on the po po." And it was just one of those times, you know. No ticket, nothing. He just wanted to let us know if you if I were around, there's no hoppy hoppy on the pole. Right, I, right. I, 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 oh man. Oh man, that's that's good times, a good memory right there. Yeah, yeah that was and, a cool and, one, that cool truck. Yeah, Steve built some nice stuff. Uh, and he he's another really good asset to our company. And uh, when he was in the front office, we had so much fun and. Uh, I still talk to him and 
he's a, he's just a great guy. So still building stuff. Yeah. yeah, pretty crazy. Now speaking of uh, Sean Mahaney, when he had his truck on the construction zone cover. It always seemed like it was shot, like you said, now it makes sense with the movable walls and stuff. It had that MIC logo in the background, and um, that, to me, was uh, was cool because it was under construction. But it was also, you know, Sean loved the kind of weird stuff. You know, the, the trucks that, you know, he said before, he didn't, you know, he liked S10s and stuff, but he always liked kind of the different stuff, and I always thought that that was pretty awesome. That, that truck, when they shot that for the under construction that was in the back of our shop, and Steve Van Diemen had painted those murals. I went that that roof that he had been saving was off an old Rambler, and he took that 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 Toyota and put that Rambler hot rod roof on it, and it worked, and it was badass. <laughs> and he would drag that all over the place, and he drove drove it awesome, and it was kind of like the first real. I, mean, I hate to use this word loosely, but it was kind of like the first rat rod ish truck i'd ever seen done you know yep because people weren't really doing that yet so yeah and for those that don't know it was like the fifth oldest truck on you know i've broken this stuff down on the cover of mini truck and based upon a quick check because it was like a 77 i think um there yeah. were a few older ones but i mean there were it was really really rare to have a mini truck i mean of course 80s 90s yeah all day but to have something from right. the 70s it was it was pretty damn cool yeah, when yeah, we were all surprised when he first drove it in. Like, oh, what the heck! But he had a vision, and uh, everything he he did everything right there, and uh, it, it was it was really neat to see him put that together. And I'm glad it got photographed. You know. Oh yeah. Now we shared recently because I came across the photo and I shared the Nissan Maxima, and someone had reminded me that it was on the cover of Lowrider Euro. And when I was looking at hashtags, there was a guy that shared, um, I don't know if he was the original owner, Jay Medina, or John Medina, but um, he maybe owned it at one point. He says, my ride at 19, always been a low rider at heart, MIC. That thing was cool because remember in the late mid to mid to late 90s, the whole craze of you know these cars, the Honda Accords and Maximas and stuff, and that thing was super sick and clean. Yeah, yeah. The original, the guy that built that was Ronnie Pastor. Okay, Ronnie Pastor. And then, and- Doug Starbuck painted it the orange, and then um, Stitchcrafted the interior. Man, they did like a almost like a Ferrari inspired interior on it. It's really nice, and uh, we got him sponsored by Lexani. Um, big shout out to Frankie Lexani and Asante. We had had a really good relationship, and uh, we did a lot of good things together. But man, that 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 uh, that Maxima, it, it was awesome, and it three wheeled too. I mean, it was it, it had. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it. Might have been on that video, um, but the video was cool because it gave us in that era. And and even Chad Lucas, you know, when we were texting, you know, he talked about. It, he said, "Yo, if you think about Rob, he, really, he was a visionary." When you think of the the shop, the mail order parts, the VHS and DVDs. I mean, even VHS was before DVD. Like you really were expanding on all fronts, and it was it was pretty awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it, buddy. Now. Something that not everyone may recall, and I've been kind of holding off on posting about the Impala. Though basically, I guess you could kind of say it was a matching crew cut car. Some are going to remember, some are going to go, "Man, I kind of forgot about that." It kind yeah. of right. So, talk to us about the Impala, which appeared on Custom Rodder May two thousand two. Sure, that's uh, I had originally got that um, when when Sean and I first started working together, and it sat for a bit. And then we did it 
just kind of lowered it and, and painted it. Kind of used it for a shop car for a bit, put some wheels on it. And then when it was time uh, to redo it, I decided to go with the same uh, paint color and scheme as crew cut and uh, kind of matched it. And Steve did the flames and, and the skulls down the side and everything to, to make it hit. Stitchcraft did the interior on that one and kind of did the same as to match the interior on crew cut, same material, same color. Oh, epic dude. Yeah. And do you like, it's crazy how the Impalas, you know, have become super popular. I mean, growing up, you know, listening to Ice Cube, today was a good day, and Easy e kind of coining the term, six foe and all that stuff. It's crazy now that you think 20 years later, give or take, and, you know, the Super Bowl last year, Dre and Snoop in L.A., and they've got the Impalas and stuff. Do you ever, is it mind-blowing to you when you look at the prices of where Impalas are now to go, oh, my God, like you kind of wish you still had that one? Because my understanding was you sold it kind of quick, right? Well, I had it for a couple of years, but uh, to be honest with you, that, and, and like my mechanic would say, to put the motor, it was, it was a nice car, but it was never a full frame off. And he used to say, bitching car, but it's just an old car with a bunch of lipstick. And, and it really, they did, a, everything was good on it, but trust me, it was definitely not a 100 point car. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, do, you do a three wheel on the corner, you'd be, happy that the frame's not warping and <laughs> yeah now guys not are... that bad but i just i just want to be honest with you it definitely wasn't uh yeah the perfect situation you could you couldn't put it on a rotisserie that's for sure yeah and it's crazy how far things have come because now you know i watch a lot of low rider videos on youtube and the guys reinforcing the frames and doing the full frames now and all that stuff i mean people don't realize like especially the hoppers that are going down the road the amount of time and money and effort they put into those things. I me personally, I don't have the patience to like, be like, Oh, am I going to blow my, you know, my wheel off today? You know, I, I just, I, yeah. I don't, I'm too old for that. <laughs> yeah. But that thing was you cool. What, and I'll share some photos of it. Oh, great. Great. You know what really set that apart? And I think for everyone and now it's more of a popular thing, but Rob Fortier, the editor, of customer writer, great guy as well. Um, the reason that really pushed in, well, no one had really had the low rod concept of those years in Paula's. And now it's very popular. I'm sure you see low rods mm-hmm. category. So that was really the first, and I always said it was the white, the white boy in Paula, but it was the first really big wheeled, four corner hydroed custom rod painted in Paula that I'd ever seen. And Rob thought the same thing. As soon as he saw it, he was like, oh, that's it right there, you know? And that really, from then on, I think it changed a way a lot of people looked at their early 60s cars and and also some of the some of the later 50s as well yeah and i've said this before and this is all due respect to like all the different genres but you know i think you'll appreciate the fact that mini truckers really in my opinion help push that whole thing with the bigger wheels and bags and things and granted oh, some, yeah. some was hydros but you know you think about sean mahaney and even what you guys are doing and you know we're all ex- kind of an extension of mini trucking right airbag and, and all that but i i think because i remember in those late 90s when i'd go to like turkey rod run here and some of the older guys would be kind of frowning upon air suspension they'd be like yeah you know that's not you know that's a gimmicky but you can't go to sema now and see a you know a, a cadillac laid out on air you know on, on big wheels right it's it's kind of funny how they were kind of like oh that's dumb and then ten years later they're like oh I've got it on my yeah. shit now you know but I do think like Airlift and some of those companies as you know when they started coming out with their um, 
I can't think of it right now. The bolt-on deals, you know, and and, and being able to to do the adjustable suspension easy for them. Those guys right. were kind of like, okay, well, I'm not cutting my car up and stuff. But you know, a lot yeah. of that stuff's yeah, out the window now. It's all custom. Yeah, definitely. It it has to be. Otherwise, you you, you could never just make a bolt in. And and they tried, but without cutting the frame, your bags are going to rub, and just wasn't good. Yeah, I wanted to say something that we were talking about, Sean, and. This is probably something a lot of people don't know. And with his passing, I think it needs to be said. There was a time we were building a, uh, a Mike Self, uh, uh, editor for <laughs> for mini trucking at the time. It found this old Toyota. I think it may be an 84 or 86. He wanted a body drop and he wanted the real high lift in the rear, like to where the thing could go up like, you know, three feet. And then by moving either the airbags or hydros forward on the flooring. And, and it was all basically in primer. It wasn't, anyway, the cab was good and everything. Well, Sean had this idea we were going to get this major lift, but yet it'll still be able to three wheel. So Mike self, and, you know, we were hooking him up. He was doing the stories on it. And again, um, Nick Mullen, the publishing and, and the magazines were very close. So he would be coming in every day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the day, the day Sean finishes the truck and gets all the suspension work and he wants to try it out, which we always test drive. So he gets out on the main street, right in front of our shop, right? Listen to this. Gets out there, doing about 30 miles an hour, hits it up, lifts the back, throws it into a three-wheel. The son of a bitch flips over, spins two two 360s in the middle of the street. This is ruins the cab. Sean pops out the back window and stands up and goes, looks at everybody and goes, what are you doing? Come home and get this thing turned over. So we run out there. We run out there, glass over, flip the thing back over. Sean gets back in, peels out, burns in, comes in the back of the shop. We shut the door. Within two more minutes, here's the fire truck, cop cars. And they're just looking around. What are they So I called, I called Mike and said, hey, we had a problem. We were testing the truck. You need to come down here. He came down, saw it, saw what happened. That day, Sean had already located a new cab for it. We had it delivered from the whatever parts place, and we had to replace the whole cab. And we did it, and no one knew because we didn't want to. You know, you don't want people to hear you know how things travel. Right. Oh, they took my truck and flipped it out. Anyway, that shit actually happened, and I'll never forget the day and what how Sean just took it like, oh, I do this all the time. He <laughs> was like, it was a badge of honor. <laughs> oh man, and one of the worst times not to have a video camera, you know? But right, anyway, right. And you're thinking, man, I, what the hell, man? But but it yeah, worked out. I mean, you guys were like, hey, we know a guy that can fix this. <laughs> yeah, we just replaced the cab. We didn't want to right, deal with any right. body work or whatever. And Mike was stoked, you know, getting his thing body dropped and van the lift on it. And I never got to see it finished, I don't think, because it was long-term probably, project, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's when cantilevers and stuff were coming out, right? That became a big thing. These guys wanted the crazy lift, probably. That's yeah. maybe what come to mind. Yeah, and God, he was able to get. He was moving the bag all the way to the front of these these four links that we were making, and just getting. I think there's you get it from the ground of almost like four foot to the top of the bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just distinct, but ridiculous, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to let everybody to hear that, uh, just Dude. to know what kind of trooper he is. <laughs> Epic times, man. 
Now, we talked about some of the epic... I mean, we got a few more things to hit on, no doubt, but we talked about some of the epic rides that come out of there, right? And obviously, I can't cover them all, but is there any one maybe favorite vehicle that you think back to go, man, you know what? That one was cool, or was it maybe one that we already hit on? Uh, some of the stuff that I sent to Japan, like, and, and that was something I didn't mention about West Side. The, the Suburban Duo, I think... Uh, was one of my all-time favorites and then probably crew cut as far as my own yep and you were technically just to set the record straight i mean you were the owner of west side crew cut and and that was your truck yeah those are my personal builds yeah yep yep yeah and i want to hit upon i want to hit upon something here and it kind of ties into what i was going to ask you next but like many people look back at cow truck jam and the spring cow truck jam you know rest of peace al martinez and, and say man those were Truly epic times. You know, MIC, from everything we saw in the magazines, always went hard at these shows with the booth set up and stuff. What do you remember most about maybe maybe a good memory from any of the spring or regular truck jams? Gosh, Al threw a good... It was a party, and he surrounded himself with, with good people. And uh, back then, at the Orange County Fairgrounds or uh, the Irvine Meadows, which was... I, I forgot what they called, called the Safari Park or whatever... It was great venues. I mean, just a really good place. And obviously, Southern California, the weather was always very uh, uh, good. cooperative. Yeah. Yep. But, they, but they were central. I mean, you could have 500 trucks show up, and, and no one's coming for more than a couple hundred miles, you know, maybe 20 miles for that matter. Uh, Al was always good to us. And as we grew, um, he actually did some paint work for us, too. I think Starstruck, uh, the Tahoe I built. He actually did that and had Van Diemen come in and just do the graphics. But uh, those are good times. And that, like I, I'll say it a hundred times, that was back when shit was cool. And uh, you could go and have a good time without offending somebody. Or right. whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, just crazy. Yeah, and one of our buddies, it might have been Lambie from Cal Concepts. It might have been part of his collection, but he had posted a flyer. Um, actually, I've just found it. So... It was um, West Side, or excuse me, Crew Cut was on um, this epic flyer from May 20th, 2001. So the spring 2001 at Hidden Valley Park. And it was cool because, like, you're in it. You've got three ladies. you got a dude with a hat, which was probably Al, maybe? I just thought about that. Was that Al Martinez? Al was in the driver's seat. Yeah. And then my other friend and fabricator, Brett Wells, is in there in the rear. The three And then the three girls. And... Yeah, I'm not, I can't, they shot that in front of our shop, and we didn't realize like what it was. He said it was going to be the poster for the next truck, and we thought it was going to be for the following, not not the one that was coming up. Right, and the, right. The, and the, those were actually, uh, I think, uh, twenty four by whatever poster, and those went in like at the back when people actually put posters up in Seven Eleven and shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right, right, like, right. And I'm like, yeah, so he plastered all those all over the. The stores and stuff back where you could actually put up posters and that's what that's from there yeah and it said see ya at california truck jam and it was kind of just perfectly yeah. placed in the corner and then of course street trucks and he always had budweiser i always remember that in the ads like he he had the right partners to put on a fucking killer event right definitely well <laughs> you've got to when you're running out of huge fairgrounds and stuff you got to have a beer sponsor because <laughs> We're guys, I, mean, I forgot or, what know, it was. We need cold yeah, beverages. It, it, absolutely. Well, that and they pay so much of the, well, you know, to to help you cover the cost of renting the fairgrounds for a day, and 
then you get a percentage of the fails. So, and yeah. it would it, it, it would look right. Al Martinez, he's Mexican. He couldn't have Coors Light, right? He's got to have Budweiser. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Now, uh, Crew Cut, like I said, we pieced together so much history on the story truck. We we get part, we understand why it was given away, but maybe the listeners don't know. Uh, as you know, we had Heather and Joey on about a year and a half ago when it was almost 20 years to the day that it was given away. But talk to us a little bit about the idea that you had to partner up with Street Trucks at the time to give it away, and, and it was at, obviously, Cal Truck Jam. So talk. you mind talking to us about that? First, I heard the... the the Joey and Heather, I, that was an awesome podcast. Thank you for joining. Thanks, man. Okay. Okay. So check this out. A lot of my stuff I had sold overseas to Japan or what have you. I was thinking about selling it. And then I kind of, I was talking to, to Steve Stillwell on street trucks. It's like, I have this idea. Now, now think about this as a marketing deal. A full page ad in one of those books back then was probably five grand a month. I'm not sure exactly what, mm. but maybe seven if it's to recover. Think about this. How about you give me a full page spread, two pages for a year, and I'll give this away at next year's truck jam. Now think about that marketing wise, not only for for street trucks, because every one of those spreads had to flow this out and you have a chance to win and, and, and you could subscribe to the book. So for them to run it was a no brainer. Here, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give up crew cut and someone's going to win it at Cal Jam, but look what it did for the company. I mean, yep. Yep. And then they, not to mention a year's exposure for my company, and we're also running a full-page ad on the rear of the book. Yep, so, which was, like you said, me, not cheap. Right, so if, no matter what I would have gotten, if I would have got just an insane lottery-style money for crew cut and it goes to Japan or whatever, it couldn't have even touched what we did with the giveaway and what, what Steve and, and street trucks did and how it was presented, you know, yeah. so that, that was the whole thing. And I just, I was just fortunate that it ended up in somebody's hands that it did, you know, cause yeah. I mean, the five, the five people that ended up in the, the final draw were, you know, I used I don't I think three of them weren't even people that even were in the sport or the industry. So yeah, when Heather and Joey won it, we were excited to see it on the East Coast, and then they brought it to yeah. Showfest that next year, you know. And yeah, uh, but but the thing that people didn't re- think about, like I was, I was like, man, if I had this, I you know, I envisioned myself cruising it down the street here and stuff. But I remember talking to Joey shortly after they had gotten it, you know, maybe the next year, and he was like, "Yo, man, this thing is big, man." He goes, "Like we're we're trying to store it," and like you think about, <laughs> like most people, as you know, just don't have like a whole like big garage to store it in. You know, you have to have a shop almost. Yeah, well, that model you would need twenty three feet to fit. That was probably it's the longest. Well, the long bed everybody knows. I mean, yep. it don't fit in a normal garage, so it it definitely needed Extendo nine thousand right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but again, yeah. we shouldn't have asked for somebody better to take it and take care of it, and it worked out really good. Yeah, and it was cool that you know with Al, like I said, I never, I, I always wanted to have him on, and unfortunately, we didn't. We never got the opportunity, but, you know, to his family and his friends and people that, like you knew that knew him, it was really cool because that was like in your backyard and you go, yo, you know, we got the street trucks connect, you know, you built and leveraged off of that. And then, of course, you leveraged off of, hey, in our backyard and it was a win-win for a lot of people. Yeah, it was a great, cam- I, it was a great campaign and uh, marketing-wise and for, and for Al, too. I mean, a lot of people came to, 
to not only see all the, the, his big, the, the beautiful trucks and stuff, but that was a big deal to give away something in that caliber. So, Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Now, I do want to just go back for a moment and hit on like MIC with the vast line of merchandise. So we're talking about the back ad, right? And I remember talking to Bill at Specialties years and years ago, trying to like see if they would do deals. And they had a very good response to your normal Joe Schmoes. They go, look, we don't do deals because we spend a lot of money in advertising. And you think about, like, obviously the tie-in to the magazine, the back covers and stuff. But, like, it, we can't reinforce it enough. It was, you know, valves, VHS, DVDs. I remember the custom toilet seats. It was a yeah, vast was array of products. Yeah, yeah. The, those were all one-off, too. Steve Van Neeman would paint it for every order. They, it was pretty <laughs> cool of him to do even take the time. Now, he's he's so amazing and such a great re- restoration and, and guy. So, um, yep. But as far as the line, I mean, we... Once we found something that really worked, that we could actually, it would work good, and we could make it ourselves, we started doing it. And uh, that was having the right machinery. And, and nowadays, it's kind of standard. But uh, as far as the actual milling art, the valves and everything, and the, the machine shop doing that, you just got fortunate to hit it at the right time and have the, have the right people making, making the parts, you know? Yeah, and it's crazy to think how far mini trucking has come, and even you know full size trucks. You know, we blend that all together. But when you think about guys having water jets and mills and this and that, like back in the day, it was guys in their driveway jacking stuff up. You know, like many of yeah. us started, and now it's like, oh, you want a frame? Just order it through the mail, and it'll be here in you know however many months. Like it, it right. is mind blowing to me that how far it's come. Yeah, the technology and the machinery is. Uh pretty heavy yeah. all our custom made valves were all those are all cnc'd and you know all the engraving everything that was right that was i mean talk about how precise everything would be when you're dealing with air and the rebuild kits and everything like that so oh yeah now i just want to kind of shout out you know like you worked with a lot of different people we talked about some of them Lil j doug starbuck van demon hot rod by christina i know she did that one dually rendering you know there's a lot of others but it had to have been a good feeling, like knowing that you guys were really hitting on all cylinders, building cool shit. But you also had key partners, including, like we said, we've named some of the employees, right? I know you had a lot of respect for them. But some of your partners, like you could really rely upon these guys to, to really kind of uh, button up jobs and finish things out the way you guys wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were blessed in that area as well, for sure, man. Now, I can't interview you without asking about Sean Mahaney. Um, we mentioned his name earlier, but just in any anything you want to say about, you know, just, you know, working with the legendary fabricator, obviously Jen Rowe too, but with Sean being gone, uh, it had to have been good feeling knowing that you could really come up with some crazy shit and, and Sean would probably figure it out, right, Rob? Yeah, yeah. And when uh, it was really the last, I think, three years or two, when Sean went down with fibromyalgia to where he couldn't really do what he was made to do, so to speak. And uh, that was a sad day for the whole shop. Uh, and not, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if a lot of people know that. Though over the last two years, he was just more cons- kind of consulting and stuff because he he just couldn't do the work. I think all those years on that cold floor at his first two shops. And but, uh, once that happened, uh, uh, it's tough. I, I get a little emotional with you know, yeah. but yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, we were, we were really close and, and how I, I never expected to see him go so early. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
Uh, let me ask you this uh, on a lighter note. What words of advice would you give maybe someone starting out at their shop or maybe they want to grow their shop? You know, we're in a new year, right? And, and they might want to go, yo, I'm ready for the next level. You, you, you had been at a shop that you owned at all different you know levels, right? Any advice that sure. you'd give someone, whether they're looking to grow or just start out? Uh, it's going to be, it's a lot of hard work. Be honest with your customer or in yourself. And something I live by, always under promise and over deliver. If you think the project's going to take two weeks, tell them it's going to take a month. If you think it's going to cost five grand, tell them it's going to cost 10. And then when they come, it's done two weeks earlier and half the price, you got a customer. (laughs) Dude, I mean, simple stuff, but really resonates, man. You know, that's that's probably. I love it, dude. You need a motivational podcast, dude. I mean, you realize like, <laughs> I, I interview a lot of guys, and when I'm interviewing them, I go, "Yo, you you fucking need your own shit, man. You need to do it." <laughs> but but you got other stuff to talk, and we'll talk about that in a second. So so I built up all of this stuff, and I got to ask this now. You know, MIC that we the MIC that we knew. A lot of people don't know. I've talked to you just a little bit about it. I know bits and pieces. But what ended up really happening with the company? Do you want to share anything or are you, if you're at liberty to share? Yeah, it was time uh, I, between everything I was doing along with the company, how many hours I was putting in. I had been made an offer from a Japanese firm to buy the name prior and and buy the shop and everything. Well, it turned out uh, an offer came in that made it possible for me to basically fully retire at 31 and simultaneously, the tilt-up in the, the shop I had bought uh, had an offer in from a, a real reputable race car builder to buy that separately. And I was able to basically take the money from both and invest into rental property and never work again. So uh, after long discussion uh, and, and thought process of, well, a customer could die on the freeway and, go, you know, you never know what's happening in adjustable suspension or what happened. Um, I just made that choice. I was done at that time. Um, I felt everything I could do in the industry at that time I had done. And it was kind of like, here, here's a chance to win the lotto uh, and, and walk away with in a good time, in a good place. And, uh, that's that's basically the reason, and then it's freed me up now to to do what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. So that was the main reason. Got it, and that makes sense. I appreciate you sharing it. Now, a couple of people have chimed in to say this. So here's here's the million dollar question. You know, many of us are car guys through and through, right? So you you just have a lot of success. Obviously, hard work, all of this stuff, right? And then you sell. You you have the successful sale of of a of a business name slash you know building or property, right? So we're going to talk about your next passion that you've been passionate about for a while in just a minute, but was it hard? Like, did you, did you kind of find yourself, you, did you just detox from all custom car? Like, did you even go to shows or did you just mentally go, yo, I'm moving on to another stage of my life? Well, I have to be honest with you. It was different that year. Things were changing on top of it. Um, yep. I didn't, and I did end up and it's still, I've built a few since the sale, um, since the sale of the company, but, it was kind of like the, the industry was changing. People aren't doing like what they're doing again now. They were just buying SUVs, not putting big old wheels on them and some stereo, and that was it. Uh, you know, 
In 2000, you could go out, go down the street and anywhere in Southern California and see a hundred minis dragging around master image stickers across the winter or, or whatever at that yeah, time, yeah. They were everywhere. just like what happened with, and with the economy changing, obviously, but just like with the whole rice rocket thing came and went so fast, you know what I mean? Like you, you had guys running around with Folger can exhaust for like three years. And next thing you know, where'd it go? It totally changed. Then drifting came in. I mean, the, the things were changing. And, uh, so you kind of just felt like it was quick. time. Well, that and the fact that, I mean, like I said, you build up, you build up a company for a reason. And who knows if I hadn't sold it, I may still be there grinding, you know? Yep. And, and I, it gave me the chance to, to do what I wanted to do and live without worry. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so that, and I even talked That's briefly one day to Ryan Fringling House. You know, we want to have him on, but, you know, we all know that he's had much success. But, I mean, I, I guarantee, and this is all due respect to even him, anybody could even go back and, and probably ask Ryan, and Ryan would say, dude, like, I mean, you know this, even with the size of your business that you had. I mean, it's a lot of stuff, dude. And people like my friend Jeff Davey, you know, at Devious Customs, you know, I was out there in September and, you know, I see how big he's grown his business and it's fantastic. But I also think like if I was that business owner and I'm working, you know, six, seven days a week, right? Or mentally like going, man, I got to make payroll for all these guys, right? And I got to sell all these parts. I almost think like sometimes like if you're a janitor all day, right? You don't want to come home and clean your own house. Maybe you kind of just go, dude, I've been doing it for 40 hours a week, right? So I sometimes wonder, like people like yourself that sell a business, if just mentally you're like, you know, yo, I've been doing this. I've been grinding six, seven days a week for years. I'm just ready to move on and do something different um, until maybe in the future you decide, hey, I want to start building shit again. So that's yeah. my take. Yeah. But um, right. <laughs> at least my mental take. But but I do want to just reinforce this, and, and I know you know some guys are going to go, but when you think about the amazing legacy that you guys left behind, uh, MIC late 90, you know, mid to late 90s into the early 2000s. I mean, March 98, the shop tour and mini truck and Tangerine Dream, the Blazer, you know, all these trucks we talked about. Oh, by the way, let's not forget July 2000, the only Ford Explorer on the cover of mini trucking out of 269 issues. Remember the red one? I think you guys did red, that one. Yeah, Davey. <laughs> yeah. I remember that for sure. And then July 04 was the Yellow Ranger, and I think, we didn't really talk about this a lot, the tie-in to skateboarding, the July 04, that guy was a skateboarder too. That was one of maybe two or three customers that you had that were skateboarders. Yeah, that was Austin Seaholm, and uh, he actually won the Ranger at, wow. at, the, at the Vans Triple Crown. Um, that was one of their prizes. So once he got it, he was skating with me a lot at that time. And so I think it was 2000, we built a bowl at my place, my the house, uh, anyway, they would come over, we would ride, what have you. But, uh, yeah, we built that Ranger. Doug Starbuck did uh, the majority of the paint and everything. And Steve uh, finished up the graphics. It was high, it was on Hydro's um, uh, Stitchcraft, I believe. Yeah, Stitchcraft in the interior. And it had Lexani donated the wheels. I forgot what pattern, but uh, that was a great truck. And uh, I, I didn't realize it took till 2004 till they shot it. It seemed like it was shot earlier, but uh, yep. that was a, yeah, yeah so very, he won that truck. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Hey, man, that's awesome. You guys laid it out. I do have a few fan questions, people that have posted some good stuff that I'm going to ask in a minute as we kind of wind down a little bit. I almost don't want the interview to end, so I'm trying to go, hey, I want to make sure I get everything because we really appreciate you, Rob, taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate you. We love what you're doing, and I, uh, the, the people I still talk to 
in the industry are super stoked on what you're doing. It's cool. It's awesome that you're bringing back all these great memories. And uh, please don't don't quit. Keep it up. And uh, anything we can do or I can do on my part to make it move forward. Yeah, I'm don't gonna, hesitate. To I so appreciate that. My nervousness is going. Yeah, I gotta I gotta start talking because I I don't like taking compliments. I know you probably don't either, but. <laughs> I, I am going to ask for, we're going to try to get some pictures. You've sent me some gold and I think we're going to build upon that. We'll be able to share some stuff over the next week, but w- w- you hinted earlier about the music stuff. So I kind of wanted to say like, you know, after MIC sells, you've got this passion, but the passion didn't start after the MIC deal. It really started many, many moons ago. So like, what would you want to share with the listeners about the whole music stuff that you're really kind of ingrained in? Uh, I always was in the music and, you know, uh, even through the, all through Master Image and to, even to now, always was good stuff in it. But I think I was a little early and Im- immature when I was doing it, when I was really skating hard. And uh, uh, that's how some of the rides got their influences as well. And, uh, you know, you grow and it, your your musicianship grows and you change. And it's kind of what I've been doing. You got to have, and it seems like a lot of pro athletes have some type of passion in music from your Tom Kearns to, you know, just it's just part part of skateboarding. I mean, it's a culture, and I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with other good musicians and have some really, especially this last you know seven or eight years, I have a lot of great success uh, do, doing it. You know, and I think when you don't have to do it for a living, it it makes it, it gives you a lot of free time to to be creative. So, <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and I'm a big Death Row Records fan, and I watched towards the end of their legacy, um, you know, with the record company, which Shug was working with a guy, Darren Vegas, and I watch his videos and interviews and stuff. But when you think about, like, when you're doing music, right, and you're producing music and stuff, a lot of people don't realize it's it's different than the old days when I watched the Tom Petty stuff in the 80s and they had everybody in one room. You can lay down beats and different instrument stuff, right? And it's a lot of just layering that stuff together. Is that right these days? Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, it's a lot. I've, I've worked with some really good producers. Uh, Lou Richards, which he's responsible for bands like Sublime and, and Dirty Hoods. And they're out of Orange County at 17th Street. He helped out on the production phase a lot. And now with our current project, Fluid Foundation, I mean, he, he did some wonders. And uh, our lead vocalist uh, is amazing. So it it's a learning curve. And the, the stuff I released during the, the early Master Image time, people probably, you could make fun of it, you could do what you want. But, you know, I'm a, I was just a kid and thinking, hey, I was probably... You know, I've changed from the, the styles and everything like that. But, hey, I, everybody's got something to say. Well, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Well, and I've always kept it real positive. So. Yeah, and think about this, too. You mentioned Cypress earlier, and I meant to ask you this. So I'm a big fan. I remember when Cypress Hill came out on the Juice soundtrack, right? Yeah. You know, their first song, and they were kind of known as Cypress Hill Crew. But a lot of guys don't know. There was, a, And I, I'm drawing a blank on it. Like DJ Muggs, one of the legends, dude. He was in that weird younger California, like three dudes from California, like not boy band stuff, but like nothing like what Cypress was, right? So everybody right. kind of has to get their start. And it's kind of like, yeah, we all look back to the clothes we wore in the early 90s and we kind of laugh a little bit or, or, you know, our elementary school photos and go, oh my God, I was running. But, but to me, like I, I, I listen to Ice T a lot and I, I, I see his posts and he always talks about the positivity shit. And it's like we all look back to that era and go, yeah, 
but look what what we've done. We followed our passion. You know what I mean? I I, I can't listen to the first podcast I've done. I'm like, oh my god, really? Yeah. You know, that was seven years ago. You know, so I, I get it. Right. But yeah, um, the, the learning curve is fun, and nothing comes fast, and nothing comes easy, and uh, especially in the music game, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and not to get all into it, but like from in in just like high level like you know i always hear rappers talk about man if you can own your publishing if you can do this you can do that there's a lot of facets we could do a whole episode on on music itself but do you kind of find that the the stuff that you produce and and the streams and some of the sales and the merchandise stuff it is all worth it right for you guys to do what you do and to, to you know start to follow your dreams right yeah i think so it's definitely a passion you know i couldn't imagine not not doing music and learn to play a lot of instruments over the years. And, uh, that's always keeps your mind moving forward. And, you know, Sick. so yeah. And now, you, you, I think before we started, you mentioned, and did I f- say it right? Slightly stupid. Is that one of the, is that how people could go listen to some of the stuff or no? Oh, uh, uh, that we have a song with slightly stupid called made in California. And it's probably one of our biggest hits. Got it. And we've got a, we had a Billboard number one a couple years ago with the song Voodoo, which is on Cruises to Jamaica soundtrack. But the the band that I'm in currently is Fluid Foundation. It's like Fluid Foundation music. But honest, um, since the pandemic hit, we haven't done any touring and anything. We're just recording. Yeah, perfect. It. But it, it's come a long way. It's more of like a, a progressive California uh, reggae. You know, like I said, like this is kind of more like a, your older sublime sounding with electronic stuff. Love it. Love it. Okay. So before we wind it down, I appreciate you taking all this time. I'm going to find out if there's anything else you have, you want to share, but here are some of the questions and I'm going to, I'll readers digest them. Some of the questions people got, I know we we talked before and you're going to take this one back and we don't have a lot to share, but I tell you what people, especially with the old school mini truck and revival and people just digging the old stuff and getting back to our roots, a lot of people, as you know, are asking about the valves. So there's maybe some opportunity there, but you'll take that back and maybe see if there's something that could be done about producing some down the road, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, the jigs are still there. Uh, the CNC machines are there. If it was something that I wouldn't want to uh, yep. have any business, but the gentleman that, that, that has everything is in aerospace, and he has a shop that's still about a block away from uh the mic building and he's still making stuff if there's a demand um i'm sure he'd make them i still know he has some and i still he still has some of the rebuild kits that they make so those things are made to last a lifetime if you just like any air fitting change the o-rings out and they'll they'll last forever so yeah yeah, and some of those were even though they were manual valves, some of them were a little quicker, right? Because a lot of guys want to run quarter inch line. I contemplated it, but I was like, man, if I had a three eighths, right? If I had something a little quicker, but you also, I think, had some of those options too, yeah. maybe. Yeah, the high we had whole high flow panels that were all three eighths that would move just like, just like uh, electric valve. An electric. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think why they stopped doing that once I sold the company, the the new people that took it over were just really. Uh, about the electronic valves, so I don't think they marketed them and kept them on. But uh, the face plates, everything, and all the engraving and the white ca- face cages and stuff—I'm sure that they're still around. You know, bro, we're fiends out here. We're we're looking for it. <laughs> There's a couple yeah. that have made their way onto eBay and stuff, and people collect them. We're putting them on our 
you know, my wife's like, quit buying all this shit, man. It's sitting on a shelf. You know, I know I got to have it. But um, yeah. the next question was, I, I know this one, maybe you have been asked by your friends, but how does it feel knowing that like Richard Rawlings and Gas Monkey, I, I know like crew cuts a big part of who you were in those days. Um, I, I have a feeling on how you'll answer it, but how did you feel about them kind of reviving it and bringing it back and refreshing it, so to speak? Well, I loved I love what they, the redo, of course. Yep. Um, but I know the backstory that, that the truck wasn't sitting completely collapsed us like that. That was that story building right there. So, yep, yep. at least from what I, from what I understand, but I really like what they did with it. The motor looks sick. The paint looked just as amazing as the day that yeah. Steve finished it. I was stoked that it got, uh, you know, it, it, it made that show. It's funny. I didn't know anything about it. My uncle, which is a big hot ride guy, called me. He goes, hey, your truck's on this show. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I, so I watched it, and I thought they did a killer job. Um, and I, it, from what I can see, everybody that's after uh, Heather and Joey sold it, obviously whoever got it next has been taking, it looks like an amazing condition even prior to the redo, so. Yeah, definitely. I remember when Brent's wheels had it for a while and I saw it like an 04 SEMA and then it kind of sure. went, it kind of disappeared from there. But um, uh, Chad Lucas, who I mentioned earlier, he had mentioned, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of a conversation, uh, he said, um, you know, you used to obviously be in entertainment and stuff and he used to have a Flex Wheeler, he mentioned working for yeah. him or something. And he said, you know, he was just kind of bringing back some old things. But he also said, Tell Rob thanks because being in Severed for 20-plus, you were a sponsor early with Oktoberfest, so he said that was a dope thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, I remember that. They, uh, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name in, when they came to me to, to to donate the money to sponsor the show to get it going, but, you know, you you got you got to work with your community, and uh, thankfully uh, the company and myself were always able to help when stuff like that came out, because throwing your first show, especially in SoCal, was very expensive. So it worked out, and I think, from what I know, I think they not only did they it went that year, I, I believe it continued for quite a while. So it's not still going. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, it went for quite a while, and then um, I think they finally pulled the plug on it. But it was cool because I remember I even have a shirt from one of the first years, and it was cool. One of the seven <laughs> nice. guys. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone, Christopher Matheny said, uh, ask him where he got the skull control boxes. He goes, because I need one of those, you know. So, again, it's kind of showing the demand. Like, the people, you know, even if something, you know, maybe guys back then might have been like, well, no, I'm going to run this other. But it's the nostalgia stuff of it, too. So, I think there's a, there's an opportunity. But, you know, like you said, um, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Anytime we came out with a new part or a concept, uh, Joel Chadwick, who did our art design, we would make stickers, and they're like, "Then I see school control." He would have a slap sticker, like everything, and like the flame or whatever it was. Uh, we were very fortunate to have him uh, doing all that, so it made everything real cool and marketable. And I love that school control; it was one of my favorites. I put that shit on everything. Oh <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, Matthew uh, McCutcheon, he said, "You know, was there always a theme paint job with all the checkerboard vehicles?" But you kind of mentioned that earlier that. You, you kind of went with some of the came, same color combos for a while, but you also gave Doug a little bit of that direction, so a lot of that was out of your mind. Yes, and you got you got to tip your hat to, to Cal Concepts, too, because that whole, we used to call it the West Coast or Bakersfield or the kind of race inspire. I mean, they, they with Last Look and a couple of the other vehicles that they did in K-Daddy, 
they were really at the forefront of laying the, a little bit of race theme into their graphics. Yes. And, yeah. And that influenced, influenced a lot of uh, stuff I saw uh, coming up. So. Yep, hardcore mini trucker Trevor Anderson, one of my brothers out there. He says, "Ask him now." I don't know anything about this. He says, "Ask him about Roland Lowe's CD that they sent out with parts. It was awesome." <laughs> he wishes he could find his. I don't know if that's oh the stuff God. you did or what. It, that that was a single I, that we had done. Probably, gosh, oh God, I don't remember the year, but that featured uh, Art Gomez in some in some of our other cars, including the the Dewey Suburban hitting corners, ah, and that okay. was the name of the song. We actually performed that at the Truck Jam one year awesome. <laughs> with a live band. That was, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, Jeremy Kaufman had chimed in and he said, yeah, he kind of, he didn't remember seeing you a lot, but you kind of mentioned that, you know, we, we hit upon that, that you decided, you know, you sold the business, you kind of went in a different direction. You were following arguably your true passion, although you were very successful in the car world. So um, it's cool. Jeremy's still out there and we had him on. Um I'm trying to see if there was anything else. Um, I mean, dude, like it's just crazy to me. Like, I feel like there's, there's more meat on the bone there for us to ask, but I mean, oh, is there no anything way. like you can think of that, that maybe you were just like, yo, anything else you wanted to share? Oh uh, no, I just, I gotta thank all the people out there that were so cool and all the truck clubs and everything that were, you know, it was a very, very cl- close knit for, you know, for the local scene and everything. And, I was just very fortunate that I had a lot. I had a lot of good people around me, and uh, if I started with their names, it, it would go forever. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Just, just, in, and I think from '88 to when I sold in 2003, it, it was, it was in at the right time, and out for, uh, for me. Yeah, because it, sure. <laughs> it was about 15 years, a good round number, kind of ties into yeah, the, it, the future, it, but you know. And obviously escalated the last six or seven years. Uh, it kind of, you know, it's like one of those things. Once you put so much in the bank, it starts getting interest and just took off, you know. And very fortunate. I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, if you ever come out here, we got to link you up. You obviously, you know, Dave Shulman want to tip his cap or tip a cap to him because, you know, he's the current owner. He bought it from Richard Rawlings Crew Cut, and it's cool to see. And I'm looking at the photo he took in two, circa 2000. Uh, when he visited MIC and he's sitting in it and now he owns it. Our friends hammered, <laughs> we- our friends hammered weekend wear. They put it on a shirt uh, party like it's 1999. That tied into it being on the cover in 99. I know one other oh, question man. I wanted to ask you was um, on the cover uh, in, in when Wes had shot it, Wes had shot it as West side and then as crew cut. But in the cover, there were also a couple of like ladies with you then um, were there was there any significance to who was with you when when it was shot as crew cut? You know what? I always Wes always would pick the models if Got there it. was a model. And, um, I can't. That makes sense. I, I can kind of remember the names, but generally Wes was always responsible. Yeah, for it that. wasn't like your family or something. Right? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, cool. Well, Rob Maji, I finally got the pronunciation down after someone was like, yo. But, dude, seriously, <laughs> dude, Master Image Customs, I mean, listen, we could sit here for a while, and I just would say, listen, man, to everybody, you left, I mean, this huge lasting impression. I mean, so many vehicles, like, that are etched in our minds. And, you know, to me, as just a fan growing up reading the magazines, being able to sit down with you, I mean, it means a lot. And I just wish you all the success, you know, going into 2023. And just keep doing what you do, man. And if you ever get the itch to get back in it, or depending on what you hear from the guy, let us know. We'll spread the word. We might have some guys hitting some switches on some old school valves. You never know. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I'd love to see that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, when we come out there, we're going to look you up, homie. And if you do have more uh, photos that you find, let us know, and we'd love to, to be able to curate those and kind of get them out there. Will do for sure. I'll, I'll send them out to you, man. Much love and respect, Rob. We appreciate you, Mr. Maji. Right. We appreciate what you're doing, man. I, I love love it, and everybody seems to really, really you know, dig what you're doing. So Appreciate that, brother. Okay. I appreciate you having me on. 